0: And welcome to Lost in the Lyrics podcast, where we usually discuss song lyrics and completely overanalyze them. I'm Elliot. And I'm Claire. And today, it's the fourth anniversary of this podcast's public existence, so we're going to do something a little different.
1: Instead of analyzing a song, we will be going back to where our journey of analysis began by analyzing scenes from and our experience surrounding the novel A
0: Separate Piece by John Knowles. <laughs> oh, oh my god! I can barely
1: get it out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this feels so strange. Um, we've never done something like this in the podcast before. Obviously, if you're listening in order, um, we have been recording from the Timeless Void and we have already recorded some... Uh, Something we also haven't done before, which is analyzing the the Haley steinfeld ep EP. but we've never done something like this where we just don't analyze a song the the most the most (laughs) like
1: similar to this weirdly enough is when we wrote twilight slash mulan fan fiction because Uh, it's just like not related
0: to lyrics don't need to don't need to i mean but that was related to lyrics no need to bring that up i mean we don't need we still don't even know who wrote that anonymous fan fiction to clarify right, right. (laughs) right 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 but um Anywho, how has it been in the Timeless Void? It's uh, We're recording this, actually, from the Timeless Void, still. Yeah. Um, uh, two and a half months before y'all are listening to it, so... Yeah, so, if, you know, if we say anything wildly timeless... Um, yeah. <laughs> so, it is... It is happening. Um, it, how long has it been since we first read this novel? It's now a time. Yeah. Well...
1: We read it in the like late fall of 2015. Okay, and it is now the the very beginning of 2022. Not to date our time was void. No, and
0: not to date our time was void.
1: So, like,
0: three, four. Is it seven years? I think six. I think six. six. That's still yeah. a really long time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, not really, but it, it feels like a long time. And also, like, not mm-hmm. very much time, like, you know, there's the moment that you think of as the present, <laughs> 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 just to reference a separate piece, just to start it off. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, m- might as well. So this episode is going to be entirely uninteresting if you haven't read the novel or you don't know what a separate piece is. Um. So yeah, uh, sorry, I know that's really alienating yeah. a lot of the uh, potential listeners. If, um. If you do if you are interested and you want to listen to
1: this uh i mean the book is only like 200 pages long so like and it's written for sort of a young adult audience so like it's pretty easy to read um so like you know yeah, if you want and there's to an audiobook
0: you can get it from the library
1: yeah i mean our library i don't know if every
0: library has it but
1: probably most do
0: yeah i got it is, i got the li- i got the audiobook we so what did you do to prepare for this episode
1: I read the audiobook on one and a half times speed. And uh, then, yeah,
0: that's the speed. <laughs> and and then, I did 1.75.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, usually I do listen to audiobooks on just like the normal one times one speed, but um, I had like two days to read it and I was like, I just got to get through it. And I've already read it before. Like, I know the main beats of the story. Right. Um, And I have the book here. So if I totally miss something, I can like you know find where i am where i'm at and then i also um when i heard like quotes that i was like i want to discuss this i like i just tagged them nice uh, with some sticky notes um that was it um pretty much yeah Um, i do you want to talk uh about what you did
0: yeah, I listened to probably I listened through chapter 10 of the audiobook on 1.75 speed today while I was doing family New Year's activities. So like, I don't know that I was like I mean, sorry, not to date our not to date our timeless void, but um, even though we keep doing that, um, I, I was doing family stuff and and I had one earbud in listening to this audiobook on 1.75 speed. So I I think I gained some of I remembered some things. I mean it definitely jogged my memory, but I wouldn't say that mm. I like did a good deep read of it. Um I looked at some of my old annotations, which are mostly useless and i uh made some notes with sticky notes in the book of certain passages i couldn't find my old notes um i know that they're in my room somewhere but i could not find them i also uh googled questions that i had while i was listening that i didn't understand like where gene is from uh for some reason the detail of how much finney weighs is in my head right now uh he's 150 pounds gene mentions that a couple times um i also uh watched um are they They're gay also five foot eight and a half oh yeah 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 <laughs> not not five foot nine
1: but yeah i, I no, watch <laughs> it's not cool to say you're five foot nine when you're actually five foot eight and a half
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh it's weird to reference that in, in uh okay i i rewatched. um i watched the are they gay um video on reading queer subtext in dead poet society um mm-hmm. we re- we watched dead poet society when we um when in our English class, we didn't watch the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, we think, watched part I of think it. I watched like half of it. Yeah, it's a really sad movie, but we watched part of it ju- literally just because it's like an all boys boarding school environment. Um, mm-hmm. But it definitely also has queer subtext. Anyway, um, but yeah, that's mostly what I did. Do you want to just read our little acknowledgement that we wrote ahead of time? Um,
1: do we want to say a quick summary? I'm I'm
0: gonna just read the back of the book so everybody okay. sort of knows what we're getting into here. Yeah, and just um, like. You know, th- this is l- this is literally the back summary. This is not us yeah. writing word our own word. summary. Word. word for word. word. It-
1: there <laughs> might be some inflection and you'll see, you know. <laughs> but I- I'll try to read it as neutrally as possible <clears throat> without being total monotone. Okay, anyway. Um, Set at a boys' boarding scroll- school in New England during the early years of World War II, a separate piece is a harrowing and luminous parable of the dark side of adolescence. Jean is a lonely, introverted intellectual. Phineas is a handsome, taunting, daredevil athlete. <laughs> what happens between the two friends one summer, like the war itself, banishes the innocence of these boys and their world? That last sentence I thought it was gonna be a question and I my my tone was off, but that was a i'm just gonna i'm just gonna read that again what happens between the two friends one summer like the war itself banishes the innocence of these boys and their world
0: interesting interesting so it's a it's you know historical fiction set in world war ii all boys Mm -hmm. boarding school notorious well that's a notorious environment Um,
1: um it was also written in 1959
0: yeah and so uh it's and i think that it was inspired by the author's boarding Mm -hmm. school maybe yeah the author Um, went to phillips phillips exeter which is a very prestigious boarding school
1: in the um in new england so yeah um the school in the book devon is um i think uh like influenced by phillips exeter
0: gosh that back summary really just like (laughs) every time it just sounds like a dark romance novel with like a dark academia theme you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) um Anyway, the the dar- so let's just uh, let's let's read our little acknowledgement before we get started. We just wanted to acknowledge a couple of things before we got, uh, yeah, yeah. So um,
1: before we start analyzing, we just wanted to say that this is just some of our opinions and our interpretation of the text, and it's totally valid and good. If you have different interpretations or disagree, we both went to an all girls high school. And that is where we first encounter this book during our freshman year. And we see some parallels to the single gendered education shown in the book, even though our high school was not all boys and not a boarding school. Um, so we might um, talk some about that um, and like what parallels we see there.
0: We also will be discussing queerness in this text, and our goal is really not to force any sort of gayness onto these characters. When we originally read the text, we were not encouraged to explore whether this is uh, whether um, and how that topic is present in the novel, and so we we did end up noticing it in the writing then and in our revisit as well. Um, and so we will we'll probably touch on that today and, and kind of explore this topic that we just weren't really, we didn't really get the chance to explore in school. So it's kind of a, a special point of interest for us a bit. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but anyway. Yeah, so yeah, we're interested in that. And then we're also interested in, you know, it, it has been six years we've gone through, you know, five and a half more years of school or whatever, six years, more years of school since then. So we've like grown in our analysis capabilities we've also been doing this podcast for four years where we analyze song lyrics which is a little bit different but like sort of in the same vein um Mm -hmm. so like we're sort of expanding our analysis expanding our understanding as we're coming to the text from a different spot but we're also sort of looking back and getting to explore the topics that we weren't able to explore because of the um environment we were in um, yeah i i think when we First, did the analysis.
0: I actually, I think that our analysis of the EP is 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 a good segue, I guess, to this too, because it it's the idea of like this broader narrative. Like a lot of what we're a lot of what we will be talking about, we might do what we did. We'll do some of what we do normally, where we kind of read quotes and read the text and make do literary analysis essentially um yeah, close but we, reading
1: as they say but
0: we will also be talking about more broad aspects of the book characters story um we have no idea how long this is going to be again we've never done this before i might have to edit some stuff i don't know um but yeah we're going to give it a shot and so yeah so first we were going to talk about kind of our reactions in 2015 when we first read it versus now um in the timeless void again completely timeless we have nothing to date this time um would he would he, uh, so my first question i guess uh just to get started is what's something that surprised you in your revisit of the book
1: okay um i think there were a number of things that that surprised me um i think my sort of like I think my perception of Jean is the character who's like, who who's like when I viewed Jean, I think that's where my view is the most dissimilar, probably. Um, but I'm not really yeah. sure. I don't really remember how I looked at the characters, but I I feel like I have a different understanding of Jean now. Um, I think also what surprised me is like the presence of sport in the in the novel, and I remember our teacher saying that. Um, one time they were doing like analysis in class like a few years before we were there, and there were two like student athletes who did their analysis about um sport in the novel. Hmm. um and that surprised me the presence of of sports and like how prevalent those were um
0: and just like the theme of competition as that runs throughout yeah. sports, throughout academics, throughout all mm-hmm. the discussion of war, like yeah, it's all over the place. I also didn't notice that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think I think I'm like more aware of like using sports as like a metaphor for bigger things going on in people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, at at this point in time, than I was um, during my freshman year. Um, I think probably because I didn't encounter as many people who were like super serious about sports at that point in time. Mm. You know yeah
0: um our friends with just other weren't thing, those people and our yeah and, and and we didn't have that many people who were vocal about it in our english class we were in the same english class for listeners yeah, that i think maybe don't also know, like but, um,
1: um when you um when you're like a, a kid you know like 14 15 people are, like, still playing sports just for the fun of it. And it's not like people who are Mm -hmm. older don't play sports just for the fun of it, but the people you encounter in, like, college who are playing sports still, like, competitively, are, like, really in it, you know? Right. Um, Well, like, it's it becomes such a part of their identity when you've been playing competitively for so long.
0: It's interesting, too, because... I feel that Finny as a character is such a encapsulation of that combination of doing it for just the fun of it and loving it. But also he is such a natural uh he's such a naturally gifted athlete and he works on being an athlete all the time. It's such a part of his identity that when that's mm-hmm. taken away from him, it hits him so hard. And I feel like it's kind of that idea of like he didn't realize how serious he was about it until he wasn't able to be carefree about it like he he was so you know he could be kind of reckless with his with what he did like jumping out of trees and and you know i just think um i just think he he's a he's an interesting mix of like of that doing it just for fun but also not realizing how much it meant to him until he couldn't have it um yeah yeah
1: the other the other thing that is um less nice that surprised me was, like, the amount of ableism that was present in the book, and I think yeah. you know, it, it's a disservice to not talk about it. Um And, like, I think in some ways it, like, Finney's physical limitations, once he has broken his leg, are, like, a good representation because previous he had been such, like, a physically gifted person with his Uh sports and everything and his athleticism um but like the way that it is approached as if this is now a flaw in him Uh rather than like a circumstance that will cause him to change the way that he lives um I think is is um not great,
0: yeah. I think also the parallelism of the or not the parallelism, but the the parallels between his injuries and like the way that they compare that to like war and soldiers' injuries and stuff like that, like the circumstances mm-hmm. and stuff. um, I, I was also surprised by that a little bit. That's not really the thing that surprised me the most, but was surprised, but along with the whole ableism thing, just the way they treat leper when he had mm-hmm. when he has experienced trauma um the mental like how he is struggling with mental health things and the way that they treat him uh is was also striking there and also um just this there's just like this scene i don't remember exactly when they're talking about Finney and his crutches and how there's just like he has such trouble navigating in the winter on his crutches and the way they mm-hmm. talk about that it definitely isn't it's definitely in a very comparison way it's not to say oh they should have had more you know accessible things at this boarding school but Mm -hmm. to say they should have tried harder to help him or something it's not like that it's like he is less it's it's like Mm -hmm. the way it's framed is and i get okay i mean that's the other thing right it's gene it's he's an unreliable narrator um yeah but also yeah it it definitely isn't great and i do think that that's it just like hasn't aged very well
1: yeah i think that gene could have like some moral outrage of finny was such this this great institute, this great person at Devon, they should have done more to help him. But instead, he's like, Finney was struggling, and it sucked for him,
0: right? And like that, just the kind of like that sucks for yeah. him. Um, we shouldn't do anything about that, really. Yeah. What can you do? Um, anywho, so what? What? What surprised me probably the mm. most is just how much I was oblivious to the presence of war. <laughs> <laughs> Which feels funny to say, I know, Yeah. but when we read this from where, when I was like 14, I was 14, you were 15, I felt, at the time, so focused on myself and my own angst, and I saw so much of that in Jean, and honestly, I think I just, I projected so much onto Jean and felt so much with Jean in terms of, you know, being envious of people that have better... You know that seemed to have it together more, and I think mm-hmm. that like because I was so focused on those character things, and I still do tend to focus on characters a lot, but um, I just didn't, I didn't get it. I did not get had the impact of war, and and especially reading it now, um, from the timeless void, there is still COVID, unfortunately. So there's some COVID in the timeless void, and reading it from a time when there is COVID, it's it's a different mm-hmm. thing because there's while also I'm not going to say. Crisis. Yeah. exactly and I, i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna say world war ii is the same as covid that's not what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. but and and you haven't seen dickinson and i know you haven't seen dickinson but the, <laughs> sorry they use the <laughs> dickinson okay, go ahead. dickinson and um is a it's a great show basically in that show this is just a sl- small tangent but in that show they actually use the civil war that the characters that the the the, the real people that they have made this historical fiction about slash re reimagining about um of living with emily dickinson um they're going through the civil war and they actually use that to kind of parallel a lot of the ways mm-hmm. that isolation and stuff has been present in covid um to, to relate it back to the 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 way that modern viewers are experiencing the show and and so yeah that's my tangent um i felt a lot of that here when when i was re-listening and revisiting the way that he describes the isolation of the war but also just the idea of you are not on the front lines you are in a separate place there are people in denial that that is their way that they cope there are people that are signing up to do the thing they don't want to do that's hard because they think it's the right thing to do and then they come back and they have been really emotionally damaged because they were not they didn't understand right like these are mm-hmm. these are a lot and also the propaganda i mean obviously it's it's different um, with COVID, but like all of the like glorifying. Yeah. None of us are being sent stuff. out to die. True, none of us are being sent situation. out to die. But the the kind of idea too of like yeah. the, it was interesting too to see Finney as this as this person who is in such denial and this person who is in who is being so reckless in so many ways with not only his own body but also I mean like not that Finney doesn't know his own you know boundaries there but just just seeing that and like the way that that parallels to me seeing the way that people have responded to the pandemic situation i just think it's it's a different thing but definitely the idea of something a bigger than us something that is making the world feel very different but also being very separate from that and i think that that's interesting too because we do get a version of that in dorm environments um and in our own homes when we're separated in our own homes but we do get a version of isolation from the rest of the world when we go off to school. Um, and, you know, I don't know if you ever went to... Um, are you good? You got your cat? Do, I don't know... Yeah, um, that was
1: just a cat thing. Okay. I don't know, do you... Oh, he's gonna come say hi to the microphone. Oh. Uh,
0: did, did, did you ever go off to sleepaway camp?
1: Yeah, I did a couple weeks.
0: So I feel like I used to think about this novel kind of like that, the way that... You're so separate that you kind of are literally Closed off from the events of the news in that way It's separate mm, yeah. from you But I do think that a lot of A lot of it now I, I resonate so much more with that whole Isolation of the pandemic um, Yeah, yeah it, that was surprising to me And and the presence of war and how often The characters acknowledge and joke about it Even how often they like mm-hmm. named Their game after stuff relating to the war All of that how yeah. casually They discuss it I mean All of that Mm-hmm.
1: And also this idea of living in a place where the war is both more and less present to mm. you as compared to like your parents. Right. Like living in a college dorm, um, there are and living in a college setting, there are ways in which the um pandemic affects you more than it does to people who are still living in their own homes and then there are other ways where it affects you less like the fact that i was able to like um you know meet new people and go to classes every once in a while and like eat in a public space like the dining hall um Mm -hmm. whereas like my folks back home you know were were not able to do that yeah Um, and at the same time at the same time like all of my interactions are going to happen in a public place rather than you know in this private place where you know i know that i am safe in this place Mm -hmm. um you know in a dorm there are more people living there um you know you're sharing space with more people um so you're gonna have to like put on your mask to go do more basic activities right um, so I think it's an interesting balance that I think the the um, boys at Devon feel as well like right. on one hand they're 16 so they aren't drafted yet um, and in that way like they have this ability to mm-hmm. isolate themselves a little bit but at the same time like the door is right on their or the war is right on their doorstep yeah know Um, because they know that
0: they're gonna have to enlist or get drafted that that was also something that i mean that's obviously we can't relate to that in the same way with the pandemic quite yeah i mean not at all even like the idea of being drafted and sent to war which is horrible um but i just think that like i i just again when we were 14 i just i think i was so caught up thinking about how jealous gene was and all these feelings he had Mm -hmm. i just didn't thing I don't think I paid very much attention at the time to how present and terrifying that threat of draft was and is for those characters and seeing seeing simultaneously the propaganda for how amazing it could be, and the whole, like, a military-industrial mm-hmm. complex stuff that's being pushed. Yeah. And then also, you know, these moments where the prof- where Gene says, you know, these professors, they, like, they had to see us as, like, this symbol of hope because they know that, like, the boys, like, that are literally two years older than us are being sent to death, pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay, sorry, next question. We gotta...
1: <laughs> I... I think this one is... I think we've covered this one. Our next question was what something... That maybe stood out to you more this time than it did when we first read it. Do you have anything to add or is like hmm. what we said already? Kind I think of
0: it yeah, pretty much what we said already. I mean, for me, obviously, I've been examining this f- well, not e- obviously, but I've been examining this for a little bit longer than you because I did a partial reread or a full reread i can't I can't remember how much I reread um maybe a year ago. And yeah, wasn't it like last summer or something? Something like that. I don't know, but I I had never really considered some of the queerness in the reading because mm-hmm. I mean, oh, I had considered it vaguely, but I hadn't actually seen it in the text because I did not notice it at all when we first read it. Um, and definitely this time, mm-hmm. hearing it, there were de- there were moments where I was like, oh, and and even more than that. And I think maybe we can ask the next question to touch on this, but more than that, um more than that not just the the queerness in the in the writing of these moments they have together that Gene and Finny have together but also just the the coding and the metaphor around that and mm-hmm. and the theme that stood out to me a lot was the idea of conformity um and and the way that Gene approaches conforming versus the way the – and obviously there's a lot that happens in the book so there's there's a point too where the theme kind of shifts and it gets more there's a lot of, like, fear of war and fear in general, like that first paragraph, or not paragraph, sorry, that first chapter where he keeps saying, this tree, you know, this tree is so much fear and, like, I feel so much yeah. fear. Um, this, fe-
1: this tree is
0: fear. Yeah, maybe this is where my origins of writing, like, angst stuff around trees started, I don't know, but um I think, yeah, I think... That was surprising to me. and and also, just not something I'd really thought about before is like conforming um and mm-hmm. conforming to society wanting, you know, the military and uh, and and conforming to that, I to those ideas of being patriotic and serving and doing your duty, conforming to what it means to be a good student, what it means to be popular, like how you make friends, how do you mm-hmm. keep social connections? I mean, there's a lot there and there's also a lot there in the, what I feel is like there is a queer reading of. So anyway, we'll, we'll, get to that. But, um, the next question that I had was how did, how have your opinions on the characters or the story changed? Um, have they changed? I think they've
1: definitely changed. Um, you know, coming at this story as, uh, you know, from the other side, you know, having gone through high school in a mostly single gender environment and having lived at college for two and a half years well ish again because Mm -hmm. covid um but like having experienced some of those things i think i've i'm definitely like more aware of of different things in the book um i think uh like like one thing I think my opinion about Gene has changed. Um mm. as I said before. Um like I think when I was, you know, fifteen, I think I mostly saw him like he was jealous of Finney. Um, like it was this this jealousy and like this, you know, um like inferior inferiority complex type of situation that that um mm-hmm was, you know, causing him to do the actions that he did. And now, honestly, I don't think that he acted on his feelings of jealousy all that much. Like mm-hmm. um and we'll get to this later, but I I so Wait, do you like I, him more this time? I think that it's not that I liked him more. It's more that I was better able to see where he was coming from and his confusion about his feelings and how that was affecting him. Uh Um, Whereas I think that, you know, the last time I read it, I, like, I mean, I, I was looking as much as I could for the subtext and everything, but, like, I didn't really have... Many models to base Mm -hmm. that analysis on um whereas now i've read my fair share of um like more literary books i've read my fair share of like uh books that are actually Mm -hmm. like explicitly gay Mm -hmm. um so i i i'm better able to like compare what he's (laughs) feeling to Mm -hmm. to the feelings of like other characters and um well, would you say that he's more I don't know like sympathetic to you now? I think so. I think also like I don't put as much blame on him mm. for for what he did as I did then. I think I think I Interesting. I saw it as like he I think I now I see him more as a victim than the perpetrator. I think that's the best way I have of putting it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, victim of circumstance.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, does anything bad by one person directly happen to him? Not really, but like the circumstances and himself, I think, right. caused
0: him to be more of a victim than,
1: than a perpetrator.
0: You know, that's interesting. I think I had kind of, well, not not a totally different thing, but I think that mm. in high school when we read this, I was so much more inclined to be like, in my own private thoughts not in english class but you know gene i would think things like gene gene didn't mean to do that gene is super relatable and understandable i totally understand where he's coming from you know he's he's upset his feelings are valid um now when i read this i mean i think i am better at at finding my own reasoning for why he is the way that he is i think he's He's troubled, he's dealing with a lot. He's dealing with the pressure of the world, which I didn't gain before, I didn't realize that. He's mm-hmm. dealing with this yeah. circumstance that's beyond his control that he doesn't understand that scares him, right? And he's projecting that in his relationships in a lot of ways. Um, I don't know whether or not it matters that he, whether or not he knocked him out of the tree on purpose or not. I don't think that really matters as much, but what what his response is to that is so telling in a way that it wasn't before I, I think Gene is annoying to me because I see so much of the way that I used to think in it. And and sometimes the way his thoughts really are very intrusive, the way he goes from one from from feeling one way to completely shifting his entire idea about it yeah. and doubting himself. I mean, that's obviously a sign of him. He's having trouble. He's going through something that he doesn't know how to deal yeah, that- with. But yeah, it's interesting. I, I feel like in this read, I, I was much more able to just kind of think about him and not feel so connected to him personally and kind of just mm-hmm. more broadly like what is he dealing with and also Finny my opinion on Finny changed too
1: yeah like i i think yeah i think my the main thing that like sort of stood out to me about gene was how confused he is mm-hmm. all the time yeah he's confused like, I, I, but he's scared i don't think i don't think i understood how confused that boy was. Right, and he's like like he's like, I thought that he was sure that he did these thing these specific things, but honestly I think he he sort of used the fact that he so he believed that he did those things to sort of like I mean they were a stand in, like, I think he was confused and he was like, I have to believe something, so this is what I'm gonna believe. Right.
0: Yeah. Also, um, should I say or can I say about Finney Something that stood out to me about Finny is that I I so I I still like Finney. And I did like Mm -hmm. Finney because Finney is very likable. Um, and that's kind of the yeah, point.
1: He's, he's written to be that way. Gene <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> clearly, you know, has an amount of affection for and, him. And, like,
0: he, he he idolizes him a little bit. And there's, like, a little yeah. bit. Um, <laughs> the, yeah, this kind of reminds me of the whole, like, unreliable narrator thing. We are getting the perspective of, of a teenage Gene who is very confused about his place in the world and who he is. Well,
2: we're,
1: um, we're not only just getting the perspective of a teenage Gene, we're getting the perspective of what an adult gene remembers of what teenage gene was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> so like the things that are going to stand out are the really you know heavy emotional moments and gene looking back on them is going to see his emotions probably as more monolithic than they actually were.
0: Yeah. You know, I so so I I know that maybe I think
1: kind of part but of But we don't have any we don't have any way of knowing what what's like mm necessarily the the factual truth of the situation, which is also kind of interesting and something I didn't,
0: you know, recognize. Um I think when we originally analyzed this, there was a lot of talk, and I do think that this can still be an interesting symbolic journey to follow. The idea is Finney, of Finny as symbolizing this kind of innocence. He, he's in so much denial about the war, he, he doesn't want to accept it, and then obviously it hits really hard when he has to start accepting some things. Um, and I think, you know, the whole back cover being all banishes their innocence or whatever. I mean, I think that that's mm-hmm. part of what they're talking about. But something that really stood out to me about Finny this time around was, yeah, I still love Finny as this charismatic, funny guy, and I get again i also get that that's Jean's remembering him of him mm-hmm. but also how much finney just genuinely cares for people but also how clueless he seems to be about He's so easygoing and so ready to just brush away the worries that he's kind of mm-hmm. puts himself in this position where he's like willfully ignorant and kind of entitled to his own, yeah. his own way. And it's not that he thinks he's better. I don't think that he thinks he's better than people. I just think that he's not willing to consider other people's feelings that often. And I don't, and I also don't think that that's because he's super duper selfish and doesn't care about people. I think he kind of is the kind of, he's kind of like a dog. (laughs) Like, not, (laughs) I always think of Finny as kind of like a golden retriever, you know? Like, he, he just Mm -hmm. loves people and life. And when that's taken away from him, he feels so hurt and deprived of it, which, you know, that's a, that's not a super healthy way to live, but he's a 16 year old boy. And I mean, yeah, that's just the yeah. way it is. I think this time ball is life, and when ball is not life, <laughs> what can he do? Um, but I mean, like, I don't mean yeah, to I, say I that think- to belittle him at all. I think he's I think he's a complicated character. He's a complicated guy, but also yeah. it's it's kind of hard to, to determine anything about him when we're going from Jean's perspective. Um, yeah, but, it, his yeah. perspective
1: is just so biased, especially concerning Finny. Um, and I think that the other thing that is interesting that you sort of mm-hmm. brought touched on is that we see how Finny is like so emotionally intelligent about his own self Mm -hmm. in many ways and how he's so confident in his own self and sort of, like, acknowledges, like, his feelings and and such, Um, whereas Gene has a very difficult time doing that. But at the same time, when Gene tries to talk to Finney and they're both, like, having an emotional response to something, um, like their, their conversation at Finney's house after um the summer term is over.
0: Oh, like, that conversation's so
1: <laughs> tense. Finney, oh my gosh. finny doesn't seem to have a very good awareness of the emotional responses of others mm-hmm. even though he has a decent amount of sort of like recognition of his own emotions. Right. And um, he projects which I think is very interesting. And he
0: projects those onto other people too. I mean I we all do that mm-hmm. to some extent, but there's a there's a moment even when he said when um when he realizes that Gene needs to study to be good at school, and he says, you know, oh, I didn't know you knew, knew you needed to study, and Gene says back to him, or he doesn't say this, Gene thinks in his own head, oh, Finney just doesn't realize he's he's unique, that things don't just come naturally to everybody, He's that that, that Finney was projecting this idea that things come naturally onto me, and that's not the case. Um, and I don't know, I mean, everyone does that, but- And I mean- the thing is, Gene projects
1: his own jealousy onto Finny,
0: So yeah. like Yeah. Okay,
1: can we me- Neither of them are. Innocent. Can we get into the
0: oh, oh, okay, wait. Never mind. One question. The ma- any major takeaways because I actually do have something that I want to say about Gene's character that I This is like a big overarching theory analysis that I have. So is uh-huh. there anything else that you want to say before we start talking about quotes?
1: Um major takeaways. Um hmm. Why don't you say yours and then I'll Well, I'll think about it. Okay,
0: so here's my theory. Current brain space. Keep in mind, I re-listened to this book, most of this book today again. So it's it's all kind of jumbled. It's not that well organized, but kind of what I'm thinking is this. And this is very much relating to a kind of a queer reading and an identity reading. But the idea of Finny as this symbol of comfort and acceptance of yourself. I mean. We know that Finney is not that person, that Finney has his own issues, that he is not actually as confident as he seems. And I mean, of course, the reason we think he is is because we're getting Gene's version of him, Gene's uh, – the way that Gene views him. But I think that if Gene views him as a symbol of self-acceptance, there's definitely something to say here about the 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 kind of confusion around potentially – attraction that Gene has for Finny. And and I'm not you know I'm we were going to talk about this a little bit more I think um, coming up. But what yeah. I kind of gathered was this idea that Gene maybe has some feelings for Finney that he doesn't really understand very well. And 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 Finny is definitely a little bit more coded as that as as potentially being queer in some way. I mean he he's very he's comfortable with himself in a way that the other boys are he's shown to be different than other boys at the school. In how comfortable he is with vulnerability. Some of the lines even directly reference, like, stereotypes of being gay that he acknowledges and says, hey, what if I do partake in that stereotype? So what? And I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that he, you know, that's not a full statement that he is, but it, he's, If he represents somebody who's that comfortable with himself and Gene is jealous of him, it's kind of that question of, do I like him or do I want to be him? And for Gene, I think it's a level Mm -hmm. of both. I also think that with Gene's um, thing with Finny, there's like, there's something here about, gosh, I'm kind of forgetting my train of thought. There's something here about Gene searching for why he feels the way he does and deciding that 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 what he feels is hatred and jealousy rather than affection and admiration and the way he he chooses to believe that it's that he takes apart the pieces of the way that finney has been a good friend to him and he chooses to believe that it's with harmful and i think that there's like there's a lot of internalized uh potentially homophobia but there's internalized I don't know, some kind of dissonance that Gene has about himself and who he is and the way that Finney's self-confidence makes him feel that he can't be as confident or that he is not. It Mm -hmm. reminds him of how he is not confident in himself and who he is. And, I mean, you can take that in a queer way. You can also just take that in uh, you're 16 and you don't know who you are way. But that's kind of- I think there's also
1: an argument to be made for, like, Gene feels that there's this one way to be a man- Mm-hmm. and finney sort of challenges that idea and at the same time conforms to that idea and he doesn't right. really know what to do with that
0: yeah that's a good point like the way that finney is a, is this star athlete which is kind of you know sport is such a coded like masculine thing um mm-hmm. and then and physical strength Right, and physical strength and physical ability. I mean, obviously, lots of kinds of people are good at that stuff, but at least in the that kind of coding of the ideal of masculinity. And then yet Finny w- is comfortable wearing pink and making witty jokes, almost flirting with everyone he meets. Finney wants to run off mm-hmm. with his best friend and, like, elope, essentially. And it's like... And also,
1: like, once Finney can no longer play sports, he still has some of that same charismatic attitude
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: i think both gene and finney are struggling with like what does it mean to to be a person and to to like with this you know now sort of limitation on what he could once do and what was once his identity
0: yeah yeah i don't know that I, yeah i don't know that i fully said what i meant to say there very well but the but the general point i had about dean is mostly just the whole way that he projects his own insecurities about his identity onto his perc- onto his perception that finney is very secure in his identity um and and that's like that also relates to the theme of conformity as you were just saying um do you do you have anything that you would want to add to that or
1: um i think now now thinking about it some more um the idea of like, like, I guess, sort of like falling, um, is interesting. Um, I think we, I mean, we were we were talking about this in, like, spoiler for one of the later episodes <laughs> of the EP. But weren't we talking about the idea of falling and like what it means to fall in right. the fifth episode?
0: We did. We talked about um, falling uh, and the meanings of falling out, falling in love falling out of love falling out in terms of conflict falling with somebody right taking the fall um, falling for right. somebody there's, there's lots yeah. of falling
1: <laughs> i think that is a very interesting topic um i think also i was just thinking of like narratively Um uh, if we look at this as like a traditional coming out narrative like There are two figures in the tree, and one of them gets hurt by this action that they do together, and then, you know, he comes back, and people treat him differently. Uh And then, ultimately, like, that poor treatment of him as a person, and, like, questioning what he believes so strongly, like... And like having his rights taken away, like and then ultimately, you know, dying for that. Um, also like his own body killing him. Like mm. I know this was written in nineteen fifty nine, but it's almost like an AIDS type of narrative, which is like yeah. so uncomfortable and interesting at the same time. Yeah. It's definitely and it kind of it reminds me a little bit about how um, The Great Gatsby was written in the 1920s, but you can read, like, foreshadowing of the Great Depression into mm. it, which, like, had not happened yet.
0: I mean, I don't, I don't yeah. know, it just, it's I it's
1: mean, interesting. I, I
0: don't, yeah, I, I agree that it's like, it's not, it's not, sorry, there's a bit of a delay in the, uh, the the video call i'm not sure if i'm cutting you off or not but um you're good there's i yeah i wouldn't say that it's at all a clear um aids metaphor but it definitely is no it definitely highlights that idea that when you are already different and on and not accepted generally um and then something happens that you know in general like for, for obviously for aids um, it's illness, I should say, that that and it is devastating and it can affect anybody, but when it affects an already vulnerable population or person, the way that they are treated is gonna be so drastically different than the way that somebody who was not in that position would be treated. Um I don't know how well I don't know if I said that very well, but yeah, it's just sorry. Um it is it is it is an interesting consideration. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. What am I saying? Um. Um.
1: Do you want me to just, like, briefly explain how we're gonna do analysis? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, so we have chosen a few quotes. Um,. And we're sort of going to go through the book in a chronological order with these quotes. Um, we might do some close reading. We might do some reading about plot or character. Um, and then um, Elliot has also chosen some small moments in the book that we just want to bring up because we think that they're charming or funny or
0: um, <laughs> charming, very uh, queer coded. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like like-, <laughs> like yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting if I, I there, especially the. Uh, Okay, there's just like this one quote where I just honestly I'm like, daring listeners to just just send me that heterosexual explanation form to us, please. Because I don't even know how you could (laughs) explain that. But
1: a a um. bunch of them, honestly. (laughs) Um, But we'll we'll start with the opening line. um, And that is I went back to Devon school not long ago and found it looking oddly newer than when I was a student there 15 years before.
0: yeah Yeah. that whole opening you know something that just this is obviously this is the first line but something that really stood out about just reading the first chapter again is as i said the fear and and that actually does play into the whole like queer reading thing but the amount of apprehension and fear that gene has and associates with these years i mean obviously there is war there is lots mm -hmm. of conflict there is tragedy there're sports injuries i mean there's a lot happening but something just that kind of general sense of fear like how how troubled gene was at the time how much she was going through That's something that I think is is really interesting, the way that they write that first first chapter is written, how he's reflecting on that, and just how intense that experience was without even saying it. Like, he's not saying it bluntly. Mm -hmm. He's not expressing that feeling super bluntly, just saying, you know, oh, this place makes me feel terrible, and I feel so much fear. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think um, reading this chapter again, having been a graduate myself of my high school, and um, just a couple of weeks ago, I went back because um, my sister still goes to the high school mm. um, that we went to. And so I went and picked her up and I was like, maybe I can meet with, you know, one of my teachers. And it, I I think I, I feel some of like, I didn't have a bad experience at high school, but it has been a couple years since I was able to visit because of the pandemic and everything. And like, there is this, a certain amount of apprehension to go back to a place that you know has all of these like has this very certain feeling about it yeah um you know and i think the farther you get removed from a thing the more you either you the more you like put it as sort of a single thing like you fear feel just fear about this thing and i think what gene forgets in this moment Mm -hmm. of going back to devon was how much joy he felt there you know yeah he he, he's uh, well
0: he says that in the first chapter right he says like i think he says like there was so much joy but like there was so much fear um Mm -hmm. i might i might not be oh yeah here it is in the on page 10 where he says i felt fears echo and along with that i felt the unhinged uncontrollable joy which had been its accompaniment and opposite face um and yeah, I mean, yeah. but he doesn't acknowledge that. But then that. once he
1: gets to the tree, like this place that was like a meeting place for his friends during this mm-hmm. wonderful summer, he only feels the fear. This one event has like shadowed his perception of this place so much.
0: Yeah, I, I, um, <laughs> I, I feel that in a probably a different way than you. Um, mm-hmm. Because we have different experiences with high school. But I I definitely agree that there is something about... And I think this is a pretty universal... I, I mean, I'm not going to... I won't claim that it's fully universal. But I think a lot of people experience revisiting a place that is so specific to a type of emotion. And re- re-experiencing a lot of those emotions. Or remembering those emotions vividly when you return to that place. Mm-hmm. Um, And honestly, in some ways, this book is a place of those emotions. Yeah. Like I was saying when we were we le- kind of listening. Did that. It's like it's
1: like I went back to English nine not long ago and found it looking oddly newer than when I was a student there six years before. Right.
0: And and I and I have physical places that are like this too, but certainly, certainly uh more emotional places like songs or books. Mm-hmm. Like, were you listening to this? And honestly there were some moments where i was just like oh my gosh i'm in that classroom like when we were we were when we were there and we were talking about certain passages and i heard them again and i just really heard them again and i was thinking about the time and all of that and and so many emotions just came out all over the place um all over the place yeah so should i read the next part my quote yeah, that i chose
1: do you want to do you want to say anything before about like what's happening before this quote or, yeah um do you have moments that you want to tuck in there so this was
0: this this quote uh sorry this quote kind of relates to i feel like i almost, this is kind of happening to me right now where i'm remembering emotions that i felt reading this book i feel kind of anxious <laughs> um sorry um okay so this happens the reason i chose this quote is because i think it kind of complements what i was talking about earlier in terms of the way gene projects some of his his insecurities about himself onto finney but also just his his confusion about his identity and it's interesting how vulnerable gene is to us the reader to himself i guess in mm-hmm. his on his own and how closed off he is how much he protects those emotions to other people um finney you know he's he's just professing his love for people openly he's saying affectionate things to people he's making up games on the spot he's super charismatic everybody loves him he's basically flirting with the headmaster's wife and it's like and that's not he's not actually flirting with her but they they have so much banter he's so comfortable with people and he loves it he's so extroverted right and and gene on the other hand is thinking 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 so much and i i relate to that but he's 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 thinking so much and he doesn't let it out and he doesn't and when he does let it out it's often in moments of intensity but i mean even him jouncing the limb and his gene thinking that he's responsible for that accident um that's a whole other thing feeling responsible for people's other people's stuff but gene gene doesn't even really openly admit that to finney as clearly as he wants to. And we, we get that monologue of him figuring it out. Anyway, this, this quote, (laughs) sorry, I got sidetracked there. And now I'm thinking about the way that Gene is taking responsibility for somebody else's problem, which is such a, a thing. Um, I, I, this quote I found to be specifically interesting, especially because it happens right before, um, right before Gene immediately dismisses all of these feelings that he had and then Mm -hmm. ends up jouncing the limb um, or knocking finny out of the tree or is there when finny falls out of the tree or whatever but
1: this is and this is this is his monologue right this is
0: his own internal it's internal so and i also kind of abridged it because it's basically like it's basically a whole page so this is just part of it but he says Mm -hmm. uh, gene says to us the readers i found it i found a single sustaining thought The thought was, you and Phineas are even already. You are even in enmity. And then later on saying, Finney had deliberately set out to wreck my studies. That explained his insistence that I share all his diversions, the way I believed that you're my best friend, blabber. It was all cold trickery. It was calculated. It was all enmity. And you see... That's so contradictory, is it not? <laughs> I mean, it mm-hmm. the, the way that Gene con- con- contradicts his emotions, the way he says, Finny wanted me to participate in the stuff that he thought was fun. He distracted me. I found him so distracting. Obviously, that's because he hates me. He was trying. To, he was trying to distract me. He wanted to hang mm-hmm. out with me and play games with me. He called me his best friend, and I liked that. Obviously, it's because he hates me. See, it's like... yeah and i mean also the fact that
1: gene at other points in the novel acknowledges finney wasn't a great student but he was a great athlete and he was a great leader among our friends and like (laughs) i mean he has a lot of respect clearly yeah like what you think are diversions you know they might not be so much diversions for finney because athletics and like uh, social you know, things making connections right. social connections with people are what he cares that's about his priority he wants you to care about them too also can i just and he doesn't <laughs> even think you need to study
0: right he didn't realize he thinks you're just naturally can good. i can i read that little quote too is that all right yeah there's this yeah so here's this what what finney says or this is the dialogue that happens between them um so by the way that quote that i just read happened after a moment where finney clearly jokingly said uh that jokingly said um that if gene became like valedictorian and and stuff like that that he said jokingly i kill myself out of jealous envy and then gene goes on to say i believed him the joking manner was a screen like (laughs) it's (laughs) <laughs> it's interesting. But um Like Finney's no jokester. He's dead serious oh, yeah. about everything. Finney is dead serious about everything. At the same time, Gene literally states in the first chapter that this is his sarcastic summer, that they are both sarcastic and joking and non serious about everything. But on page um on page fifty wait. Where? On page fifty nine, um Finney before this is basically saying hey i didn't realize that you needed to study to be good at stuff i just thought you were naturally good at stuff um if you need to study then that's fine you don't have to go out with me and do stuff tonight and Jean's like what no i guess i have to do stuff now and gene says as they're walking off to go hang out gene has basically said i give up on studying whatever he's forcing me to do this even though he's not gene is deciding to do this mm. um there's definitely a level of gene really wanting to please Finney and go along with him. But um, the, the the thing that Jean says is... Uh, I followed our gigantic shadows across the campus and Phineas began talking in wild French to give me a little extra practice. I said nothing, my mind exploring the new dimensions of isolation around me. Any fear I had ever had of the tree was nothing beside this. It was my neck... It, well, sorry. It wasn't my neck, but my understanding, which was menaced. He had never been jealous of me for a second. Now I knew that there never was and never could have been any rivalry between us. I was not at the, of the same quality as he. I couldn't, I couldn't stand this. Um, And you know... It's interesting the way that he then says, I'm not as good of a person as Finny because I feel jealousy. Um, I feel this intense jealousy and I'm not as good of a person as him. He says, I'm not of the same quality. And also the way that Gene immediately goes to absolutes. There was never rivalry. There was never jealousy. Mm -hmm. I have, like, he was never jealous of me and I, and there was never anything between us. It's like- that's a that's a very that's a very different thing than what Jean was saying literally two pages ago or whatever. So yeah, it's 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 just an interesting moment that I thought, um, especially leading up to the tree, which is kind of the inciting incident, I guess, of the first kind of yeah, section of the like book. I feel like it's
1: sort of like the first
0: climax scene mm-hmm. because we're getting well, sort we're getting of the status quo, like- and the status quo is yeah. for the most part pretty happy like i know there's supposed Mm -hmm. to be some parallels about the war here but it's just i find it super interesting how extreme gene's brain is here and i'm not saying that's his fault but i think it's also this interesting thing to be said again about what you were saying earlier about the way gene feels there is a way to be and that he if he is not that way that he is bad that he is wrong and that if he doesn't Mm -hmm. meet this ideal of whatever he thinks that ideal is that he feels that he is wrong. If he was if he was wrong about something, it's the worst thing. Um and I just yeah. I think that's interesting. And also
1: like if he can't meet this ideal in one aspect of his life, he has to like overcompensate it for it in other aspects of his life. Yeah. Like he can't be as athletic and outgoing and daring as Finney, so he has to com- overcompensate about that in his academics by trying to be the the top student even though he knows that chet douglas is the top student
0: right yeah so sorry i kind of went off about that but do you want me before we get to the jumps do you want me to just touch on some of those cute moments that happen
1: Yes, I was gonna do those before this because this is really leading up to the jounce. But let's let's talk about some of those cute moments in, before the status quo is wrecked by the jouncing. Okay,
0: so at the beginning of this novel, we really see the status quo is established. If it's a summer session, it's a more carefree, lighter time. There's definitely some parallels with the seasons to to sort of metaphorically be like mm-hmm. the winter was cold and harsh, and the summer was carefree and light. And that's that's a yeah. thing, but um. Why don't we just start off with two good pals wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: boy. This is like, in the, what, first chapter? I think
0: so. Uh, yeah. In chapter, maybe it's chapter, no, chapter one. It's chapter one. <laughs> so, Gene is probably, Gene, who's, like, 30, is back at school. He's thinking about life when he was at school. Um, and then he remember has this memory, and he talks about it. He says, and and then we get thrown kind of back to the past at some point. Um, they form this club, and and they're jumping around out of trees and hanging out, and that's kind of the backdrop of what's going on. But um, we get introduced to some of the characters that are going to be in the novel, and then we get this scene where they they're walking with their friends back to go to dinner, and. They sort of start teasing each other about the way they're walking, which, I mean, okay. Um, and Well, they're like,
1: we gotta walk like the military. Right.
0: They're making a lot of jokes about that. This the West Point Stride. Yeah. And then, um, then this happens. Um, so, here, I'll just... Alright, I'll just start from while they're walking. Does that work? Yeah. Okay. As so, this is Jean. Um, as I sprang, as I as I sprang at him, his sidestepped. He sidestepped easily, but I just managed to kick him. As I shot past, he caught my leg, and there was a brief wrestling match on the turf, which he won. By the way, Gene is talking about Vinny. Um, Better hurry, he said, or they'll put you in the guardhouse. When we we were walking again, faster, Bobby and Leper and Chet were urging us from behind, uh, from ahead for God's sake to hurry up, and then Finney trapped me again in his strongest trap, that is, I suddenly became his collaborator. As we walked rapidly along, I abruptly resented the bell and my west point stride, and hurrying and conforming. Finney was right, and there was only one way to show him this. I threw my hip against his, catching him by surprise, and he was instantly down, definitely pleased. This was why he liked me so much, when I jumped on top of him, my knees on his chest. Sorry, I couldn't. Sorry.
1: Okay. When I just, uh. and he couldn't ask for anything better. Real quote.
0: Uh, and then, all right. Sorry. Um. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Please. Also, I want to hear your I, heterosexual you ex- about, explanations if you have any.
1: Please. You were talking about that idea of conforming mm-hmm. and how like they break their white west point stride and conformity to go wrestle in the grass like <laughs> yeah
0: i mm. <laughs> yeah i mean it's a cute moment and it's the status quo when we start the novel um obviously mm-hmm. it's a reflection so we get that first dark sad scene of gene moping around his old boarding school but there is like the first moment we get of teenage gene and Finney is this very wholesome moment of them innocently mm-hmm. sitting on top of each other's chests in the grass
1: yeah and like their fight their idea of fighting at this point in time is like is play is yeah it's like fighting is not serious fighting is just you know boys will be boys which you know I hate but <laughs> like yeah in this case I think it works it's like it's 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 yeah they have their innocence innocence has not yet been banished <laughs> to quote the back of the book
0: um but yeah so that's the first that was the first moment that i was really like oh this well it's something but it's also very (laughs) (laughs) it's very wholesome and and even if they don't i mean it's it's undeniable there's some there's some tension but i do think that their friendship is an important backbone regardless of whether or not Mm -hmm. there is tension and and it's really sweet to see the way that they are around each other when jean's not Obsessively trying to find reasons to explain his feelings, um yeah, and to like um
1: uh, sort of like discard their friendship mm-hmm. and say like it's not real um.
0: yeah, so okay, I have another moment, if that's okay. this is again kind of yes, the sal- sal- status quo. this is the shirt moment. Uh, so yes, I'm just going sure. to read it. And by the way, there's like some, there's some not so great. Well, the the words that they use here, they're not really words that people still use so much. Um, they're not terribly offensive or anything, but they're just not. They're not very polite.
1: Yeah. Um, so if 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 in a different con, if in like a, a a specific context, they're not
0: great. They could be. They could be harmful. Yeah. Uh, if yeah. intended to be, but also they also. They can also have not that meaning, but here they are kind of meant to be harmful, so keep that in mind. Um, This is on page 22- uh, 24. We are 24 pages in. Um, That's not even counting the title page and everything, and- Fin- they are Gene and Finny, they're roommates. So, you know, nothing weird about that. Mm-hmm. Um they're roommate And they were roommates. <laughs> yeah, they, they- <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Where what time are we in? The time was void. Okay. Uh they were they were roommates. I was gonna
1: I was gonna say the long amount of time that we have been podcasting, like an hour they ago,
0: they are they timeless they were roommates. Go. So gene <laughs> and Finney were roommates. And um sorry, did you almost choke on that water? <laughs> No, okay, Mm-mm. okay, um, not this time, <laughs> so they're just hanging out in their room. they're getting ready. There's this kind of dinner or something. There's some event. we should also mention that they
1: regularly share clothes, yeah, but they're the same Which... size. <laughs> oh I, my mean, gosh. I don't share the clothes scene where
0: Jean mates. puts on Fitty's clothes. <laughs> <laughs> That's later in the book. I know, but like he's like he puts on his clothes like he literally wants to become him. Like there's this moment where yeah. he like fully embraces that part of him that just wants to be Finny and he puts on his clothes when he's mm-hmm. not there. Okay. And he like looks yeah. at himself in the mirror and he's like, Oh my god. Literally
1: walking in his shoes, that sort of
0: yeah. thing. Yeah. So anyway, this happens, they're in their room, they're about to go to this school event. I don't actually remember exactly what it is, but they're at a school event or they're, they're they're gonna go to a school event. So they're getting ready to go. Um and th- and hmm. this quote again page 24 it says Phineas was the essence of this careless peace not that he was unconcerned about the war after Mr Pr- Prudom thank you um left yeah, like left that. he began to dress that is he began reaching for whatever clothes were nearest some of them mine Then he stopped to consider and went over to the dresser. Out of one of the drawers he lifted a finely woven broadcloth shirt, carefully cut and very pink. What's that thing? This is a tablecloth, he said out of the side of his mouth. No, cut it out, what is it? This, he then answered with some pride, is going to be my emblem. Ma sent it to me last week. Did you ever see stuff like this? And a color like this, it doesn't even button all the way down. You have you have to pull it over your head like this. It's a polo shirt. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> over your head, pink. It makes you look like a fairy, does it? He used his this preoccupied tone when he was thinking of something more interesting than what you had to say. But his mind always recorded what was said and played it back to him when there was time. So as he so as he was buttoning to the the high collar in the front in front of the mirror he said mildly i wonder what would happen if i looked like a fairy to everyone you're nuts well in case suitors begin clamoring at the door you can tell them i'm wearing this as an emblem he turned around to let and let me admire it um i think that's yeah, probably that's good, good but i have a lot of um, <laughs> like i have uh the words celebrate flag pride and suitors circled in my book <laughs>
1: Yes. The the use of suitors instead of girls is um interesting and also the fact that Finney uses the word suitors instead of girls. Also
0: there's like Okay, this is slightly off topic, but my just—I know you know this, but I'm just gonna say it because we're recording now. Mm-hmm. My English annotation next to the word fairy is silly slash innocent. So apparently, I had no idea that that was coded because I just thought that they that gene meant oh, you'll look like an actual fairy. You will look yeah, like a like a mythical I didn't, fairy. Um,
1: I didn't annotate this at all, but I think also <laughs> we should consider the fact that this book was written after world war 2 um so the author presumably had um like knowledge of what went down in Nazi Germany and the symbolism associated with different people uh-huh. um in like the concentration camps and everything um and then decided to have phineas dress in the color pink um say it was an emblem like saying something about himself uh um, mm. call him say he looks like a fairy um like i don't know just the combination of these things yeah. is like the pink triangle um as like the symbol of like being in the concentration camp as marked homosexual
0: yeah, uh, obviously that's a, that's like, a very different thing, but the fact that that's that's a very and that's a very it's difficult. It's very different.
1: I don't. I'm not trying to like make that mm. like a direct parallel, but I think there are like like some of the symbols are used. Yeah,
0: some of the some of the you know some of and also again like like very different circumstances and and you know we're not going to get too much into that here because it's it's very serious. But the the. that this book also takes place during world war ii and yes exactly And how um also i didn't read this part but the next part of the paragraph is he essentially says that they need to celebrate because they don't have a flag uh and so he's gonna wear this Mm. shirt instead um right yeah and and you know later on in this scene it's very cute this is also very wholesome finny wears a tie um instead of a belt uh he doesn't have a proper belt so he wears a tie and it happens to be the devon school tie and then he just makes something up on the spot for why that is that he's doing it and the headmaster and they laugh at it but um this is the first also the first moment where we get some jealousy from gene it's interesting the way that gene talks Mm -hmm. about that jealousy he basically keeps saying oh he can get away with anything but i do think there's a level of that that's not just jealousy in like i want him to suffer but because there is that he says like oh i just wanted him to get mm-hmm. caught there's jealousy i think there in in how he talks of finny as like he gets away with anything almost implying you know i wish i could get away with anything like look at yeah. finny
1: like he has the courage to do these things despite the possible consequences whether he thinks that there. are you like believes that there are consequences or not mm-hmm. whereas jean does not have that confidence does not have the courage um and is constantly worried about the potential bad outcomes of actions i mean even if we look at jumping from the branch or from the limb on the tree like jean is constantly worried about like getting in um, trouble especially at the beginning like getting in trouble um like the jump going wrong. Uh And, like, Phineas is never worried about that. Um, And he's always, like, trying to push it one step further. He's like, we should do the
0: double jump. Right. Um, Yeah, okay. How long is this episode?
1: Probably too long, but I I don't
0: care. I'm having
1: fun with it. Okay. (laughs) Do you have any more moments, or do we want to move to the jouncing?
0: I... Okay, I have a couple more moments, but we should not spend as much time as we have on them. Yeah,
1: let's maybe not read the whole page.
0: I will... Uh, it's just so hard to tackle this whole book. Um, there is... There's a cute moment uh, that you can take as you want. We don't have to spend too much time on it, where Jean and Finny are just having a bros day. They've decided to they've Uh, decided one day that they're just gonna i mean they haven't this isn't exactly how this happens but finney basically says hey let's go to the beach and gene's like i am helpless to say no to you so i will say yes um you know that's not the most healthy dynamic but also i honestly think that finney never forces gene to do something like fully forces Mm -hmm. like it's an interesting thing because obviously we're getting this from gene's perspective finney however almost always leaves the option open or if gene does speak up finny respects that um so Mm -hmm. i just
1: he's like oh you need to study you can study
0: Uh, i just feel that gene has a hard time communicating what he wants because in his head we we know that gene thinks oh i can't do this it's gonna it's gonna be bad uh but the way he responds is to say yes so it's i don't know it's interesting Mm -hmm. but i definitely know that that's part of growing up is is learning how to communicate what you actually want um
1: and i think at at on some level he does want to do the fun things with finny right um but he feels like this pull of like responsibilities um yeah and then he he doesn't know which one he should prioritize and he thinks he should prioritize one and then he ends up doing the thing with finny and then he resents it yeah it's a whole cycle really i'm
0: going to Jeez, this is gonna take so long to edit. Okay, I'm gonna- I'm gonna- I'm gonna just read this little part, but they they've gone to the beach- I assume that if you're listening, you've read this, you know what I'm talking about. They've gone to the beach, they are hanging out, and Jean says- Finney and I walked along the boardwalk in our sneakers and white slacks. Finny in a light blue polo shirt, and I in a T-shirt. I noticed that people were looking fixedly at him, so I took a look at myself to see why. So I took a look my- so I took a look myself to see why. His skin radiated a reddish copper glow of tan. His brown hair had been a little bleached by the sun, and I noticed that the tan made his eyes shine with a cool blue-green fire. Everyone's staring at you, he suddenly said to me. It's because of that movie star tan you picked up this afternoon, showing off again. Okay, and then later in the later in this same scene, there's a moment where they're on the beach going to bed, and um Finn it says the last words of Finney's usual nighttime monologue were, I hope you're having a pretty good time here. I know I kind of dragged you Away at the point of a gun, but after all, you can't come to the shore with just anybody. You can't come by yourself, and at this teenage period in life, with pro- the proper person is your best pal. He hesitated, and then added, which is what you are. And there was silence on his tune. And then, Jean talks about how that's like... A very courageous vulnerable thing to say at this school that that kind of vulnerability and and i imagine we we haven't talked as much about it but the all boys environment that kind of masculinity environment i imagine there's a not there i imagine that kind of vulnerability is seriously discouraged especially with the whole military uh Mm -hmm. military mentality of the time yeah
1: is gonna amplify it
0: i would think so but yeah it's that, that kind of sincerity that finney has he's He's not afraid to go do these things with Jean and say we're gonna go hang out and I'm gonna essentially tell you that you are the most important person to me, um mm-hmm. and and that's really special. Like even as even platonically and obviously there is tension there with the way that or I don't know if it's obvious but I read tension there with the way that Jean talks about Finny the way that Jean idolizes him as a both wanting to Mm -hmm. be with him slash wanting to be him kind of dilemma but
2: there's
0: there's something really sweet there about the way that finney is so sincere and it's interesting just how uncomfortable that makes gene but i again the environment would amplify that
1: Mm -hmm. um okay i do think we should move
0: back to the limb jouncing yeah i think i think it is time there yeah it's It's about and this is all just the first like two chapters (laughs)
1: The, uh, this is the end of the third chapter right here with the the jounce. with the beach day. Oh, the, that's the beach day? Okay,
0: it's still- The jouncing is in the fourth chapter. It's still chapter. just the beginning of this thing. The, yeah. uh, that's the part that I remember the most clearly because that's the part I was probably paying the most attention during, but also it's the, it's the moments where we have the most like sweetness and genuine friendship between them.
1: Yeah, the thing that we are like looking for as 14 and 15 year olds in- the books that we were at least i you know was looking for i was looking for like the sweet the you know the like the happy (laughs) the the happy picture of like what teenagehood is like you know what high school life is like i wasn't looking about you know the realities of (laughs) war hitting them that winter um you know like that's not what i cared about and I mean, still, right. it's not really what I care about. It didn't
0: stand out. At I'm more th- very much.
1: aware of it now.
0: Wank. So we are at the j- the jouncing. If you don't know what that is, <laughs> it they they here. It comes here, here. it's coming. So you. Why don't you read? Why don't you just provide a slight context? Because I've been talking a lot. Sorry, my bad. Okay. Yeah. Um.
1: So this is right after what we were talking about um, back before we did the cute stuff. Um. Of, like, Gene had, had decided, like, Finney and he were rivals, and Finney was out trying to destroy him so he could be the better one. And then they had this interaction where Finney was like, no, you don't have to come out to jump from the tree with me because I understand that you need to study now. I di- I'm sorry, I didn't understand that before. And Gene's like, no, I'm going to come with you. And I'm And then he says, like... We weren't really rivals. Like Finny, Finny never had any bad
0: feelings toward me. There, but there's um, also like that level of what do you mean you don't feel the same way as me? I, I am it's I am bad for feeling the yeah. way I feel now. Um,
1: yeah, and he 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 feels that Finny is like this this very good person. Um, and then Finny decides that instead of just doing a regular old jumping off the tree day. Um, that he and Gene should both go up to the 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 limb and they should jump together.
0: Um, and they've done this before, right? They've jumped together before.
1: No, I don't think they. I don't think they've jumped together before. Hmm. Yeah, it says a new idea struck him. We'll go together, a double jump. Neat, eh? Okay, that's what that's. Finny. Okay, got it. Um. So so they're doing this new adventure. They're, they're entering this new stage of their tree-jumping life, or whatever. Um, and so, Phineas climbs up to the the limb that they jump off of, and he's, he's sort of, like, making his way out to the jumping-off spot. And Jean is climbing up behind him, and then Jean is just getting onto the limb, and um, then I'm gonna quote Holding firmly to the trunk, I took a step toward him. And then my knees bent and I jounced the limb. Uh, Finny, his balance gone, swung his head around to look at me for an instant with extreme interest and then he tumbled sideways, broke through the little branches below and hit the bank with a sickening, unnatural thud. Um, yeah. There's yeah. a little
0: more there, but I think that I think that's the. Important. I think that's the important part. Yeah, it's we talked so much about the word "jounced" in English nine. Um, mm-hmm. now it now I almost read the word "jounce" as kind of whimsical. Like I know that it means to yeah. jolt or shake, but just the sound of the word "jounce" makes me feel like oh, it's happy, but it's not. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, I I feel like "jounced" is like. It, I mean, it rhymes with "bounced," right? You and know. It, like like it it feel it does feel playful it, to me it, it does yeah
0: and like like it rhymes with jounce, it rhymes with bounce and like pounce the kind of like playful uh innocence mm-hmm. and it's it's weird too because i remember distinctly that in english 9 we talked about how like messy the word is and how like it might yeah. convey intention um
1: yeah i mean i think okay here's the thing I think what we, we looked at in English 9 was that it was I jounce the limb. Very active, active verb, you know. Uh-huh. Clearly, Gene is doing the action. But I think what we didn't see is this bit before. Like, the first action that causes the jounce, in my opinion, is my knees bent. Um, it's not I bent my knees. It's like his knees bent on their own. Mm. And then... What you do to right yourself and find your balance again when your knees bend is straighten them. And if you are on this like unbalanced limb with another person on the end, that branch is going
0: to move. You know, this sounds like a big metaphor Therefore, for their. Jouncing. This sounds like a big metaphor for the instability in their friendship. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> just when yeah. you know. It, that that this is like some balancing act and it's just not uh, sustainable but mm-hmm. it, i i think that's really interesting i also was thinking about the way that they could have easily phrased this differently my knees bent the limb jounced or the limb shook the limb jostled right and 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 something that actually was jostled or- interesting to me the thing that st- the line that stands out the most in that short quote about the the limb is i took a step toward him the idea of, like, going to him and that's kind of what caused it is an interesting one. I don't know that that's yeah, that, what happened, but that is it just stands out to me this time, just thinking about that. Um, he says he's firmly holding the trunk, but he takes a step to him like he he's not really ready to let go of the trunk but he's still trying to get to him and that's like that's just an interesting Mm -hmm. thing to me Mm -hmm. um also and what if the trunk
1: is conformity he's (laughs) trying to like (laughs) the trunk is (laughs) (laughs) he's trying to step away from that conformity but he can't he needs to like bend his knees to balance and then when he tries to straighten himself up bad things happen and i think you can almost read this as like the old like thing that people would say when people you know had romantic or sexual feelings about the same gender it's like the it's not the feelings that matter it's the actions that Uh. matter Um, and like you can feel all you want but once you take that step bend your knee like there are going to be consequences of the limb jouncing and like also nobody at Devon has done this has tried this double jump before. They're moving into new territory. Yeah.
0: that um, I think it's interesting, too, what you just said about the way that... The damaging way that people... Ve- sometimes you gay people saying you know the thoughts you know it's fine to have gay thoughts you just can't have gay actions that whole idea that those things Mm -hmm. are separate and not part all part of identity and who you are but that that you know the whole like well it's fine to to feel a certain way but not to do the thing yeah but i also think that there's an interesting place there as well with the way that um the way that they feel toward the war um and the way that they that they the reality of the way that that war sets in on them how they feel how they feel these ways about them but they're not allowed to express that fear they're not allowed to express that because if they express that things come down on them and it's not it's it's considered yeah. wrong and i like they'll end up like leper who and it's the same i mean is he's has a lot of in trauma a different
1: way than phineas yeah I um, think, i think also like sorry um the feelings have that gene has had toward finny like we don't necessarily know all of the realities of those feelings but we know that like the feeling of jealousy of not being enough um, those feelings have also caused such a harm in their relationship um at least from gene's perspective um so like it's not that feelings don't matter, it's just that it's going to be a different type of pain. Like, an internal pain versus an external pain, I guess. Not that all of this should be equated to pain. Yeah, it also... Obviously, that's that's not cool, And, like, but- the <laughs> repression
0: of feelings in general, the way that they can't express their a feel their emotions outwardly because of masculinity. Uh, because of the, the mm-hmm. toxic masculinity that they exist in. Um... I don't know. Lots of lots lots there. Just like with falling. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um oh gosh, this episode. <laughs> I will need to cut stuff. I'm sorry. It's too long. Yeah. I have to figure it out. It's fine. Um Anywho. Um where are we in this situation?
1: Well, we just talked about the jouncing and I mean If it wasn't clear, I do not... I no longer think that it was... It was Jean... That Jean was completely at fault here. Um, In the limb-jouncing situation. I think that... The action of him jouncing the limb... um, Is a product of these other actions. Of him taking a step toward Finny. Of his knees bending naturally. Um, And I think also... The fact that it's an active voice probably has more to do with the guilt that adult Gene feels as compared to mm. um like the actual actions. Because later in the book, like he's I mean, some of it is because Finney has slightly different memories of the events, but like Gene is confused about what exactly happens and he's willing to believe anything.
0: Yeah, and I I I don't mean to to cut you off, but I think we should maybe move. No, go ahead. I think we should maybe move this along the conversation uh, to another topic. Um, but but a related topic. I I know this isn't something we wrote down, but can we just talk a little bit about the scene where and and I guess this is you kind of brought up the phone call on this on our our notes document, but the scene where Jean visits Finney and tries to say, "Hey, I think this is my fault." And where where Gene goes to Finney's house. Oh. Um yeah. just the way that Finney acts so defensive of the idea that Gene could have done this on purpose and saying I think we can
1: not direct
0: quote. Yeah, but just like, talk just about just it. The way that around, the yeah. way that Finney responds with such an intense defensiveness, saying, No, no, that is not correct. I refuse to believe that about you. Um mm-hmm and And also, the scene right after this happens when uh when he visits Finney in the infirmary, and Finney says, you know i I looked back to you because I looked back to you to try to grab hold of you when that was happening that's what i remember and 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 Jean's response is essentially, Oh, so you could bring me down on purpose and and the way that it's like no, Finney just wanted to grab hold so he wouldn't fall um and and just how differently both of those characters are feeling and perceiving the incident and how Mm -hmm. that drives them apart in so many ways because they aren't able to talk about or reconcile those feelings with each other um and and talk about what happened because finney is in denial and because gene is putting so much blame on himself um
1: yeah and i mean the thing is we from gene's perspective it feels that finney is in denial because he thinks that he jounced the limb and it was his fault and he feels so much guilt around Mm -hmm. this um but we don't really know what finney's thinking in this instance i always imagine that finney was looking away from gene like he had he had walked and he was like looking toward the river you know um, yeah. So in that case, like he does, he does look or turn around because he like feels the limb move, right? Like that's what you do when you feel something right. change. You like look to try to find what the thing that changed is. But like, I don't know. It jounces like such a small action, like, and it it would. I mean, he is he is athletic, obviously, so it probably wasn't like a fumble of turning around, but like. It's just this like split second moment that he turns around and looks at, at Gene and like I think it's it's very possible that Finney believes wholeheartedly that Gene wouldn't do that to him.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very it's very interesting how how that that creates such a tension in their relationship. Um I was yeah. Why don't we just move to the next quote? We gotta we gotta pick up the pace yeah. a little bit. I don't know that okay. we'll get a chance to touch on all these. I I know we've dedicated a lot of time to the beginning, but there's a lot there. Um, honestly, yeah. I got kind of bored listening to some of the rest of this book. Just following Gene. The war stuff. Just following Gene as he's like upset and doesn't understand and confused, and there are moments mm. where it just felt really repetitive to me. Um. So it yeah. got yeah. I
1: think. I think also Finney is so present and so, like, I mean, physically present in the first half of the book. And then, like, in the second half, it's mostly, like, Gene doesn't spend nearly as much time with Finney. It's more him angsting over his feelings about mm-hmm. Finney and, like, his guilt. Um, I think I think after the jump scene, it's, it's his feelings, like, on the negative side, turn much more toward guilt than they do toward... Um,
0: Like jealousy, yeah. I mean, and the jouncing happens super early, but just like the absence of Finny in general, I find it to be difficult slash boring sometimes. In terms of as from the perspective of just hearing Gene, because Finny isn't there to kind of bring Gene into the present gene is so in his head Mm -hmm. so and we are always in gene's head in this book but we we are getting solely gene as he goes on about these things that he's thinking and feeling without Mm -hmm. these people to help him break it up i mean there are light moments like that there's the moment where brinker weirdly kind of accuses him of something that he feels guilty for but he plays it off as a joke and it's understood that it's kind of a joke i don't know that stuff
1: all of the stuff with brinker just like
0: makes me deeply uncomfortable yeah it's weird in so many ways why does it make you uncomfortable and i don't think
1: i felt so uncomfortable about brinker
0: uh maybe it's also hearing it on an audiobook for me i was like ooh, yeah
1: brinker is a kind of sketchy like he's he's constantly accusing gene of the worst and he's just he's like amplifying the most negative thoughts that gene has Mm -hmm i think and i think that's a that's a great literary device but it just makes you so uncomfortable yeah. that there's this person who everybody admires like people like he's popular at the school people admire him you know um he's like a, a leader in the in the community and he just he's just constantly sort of putting down gene and saying like yeah you what a good move you you know knocked out Finny. Now you have the room to yourself. I feel like
0: Brinker um, falls into the stereotype. Um, well, in some ways, into the stereotype of and and Phineas in in the non-conforming way, like non-conformity. Right? Phineas is a jock, but he's also kind of sarcastic and charismatic. He can be kind of theatrical in his play. He's he's very fun and and easygoing and that itself can be kind of a stereotype but he's also vulnerable and sincere i mean he's he's not he's not as much uh conforming to what the standard is and i mean he also has a lot of other issues where he's in denial but brinker is almost like the exact opposite where he is like a symbol of like that masculine ideal in some ways um because he, he 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 makes jokes and he and he points out all of gene's insecurities which is not cool um but then he also he also puts gene in uncomfortable situations that gene then feels pressure actual pressure to go along with for fear of being laughed at whereas with phineas he he doesn't say no or stand up for himself Mm -hmm. but it's not like he's put in a situation where if he were to do so he wouldn't be accepted um,
1: yeah, he seems to feel pressured because he, at some deep level, wants to do thing the whatever Phineas is, is doing. Rather than with Brinker, it feels like he feels pressure because, um, like there's actual pressure there, and something bad will happen if he does. Yeah, it.
0: like there's do almost a, thing, a threat you know? of social acceptance or lack of social acceptance yeah. if he goes against mm-hmm. it
1: yeah and he he's put into this position where he can't even stand up for himself um because both brinker is accusing him of the thing that he thinks is bad or that he thinks he did and he thinks is the truth and then also like if he did stand up for himself he would seem uncool or like a liar or you know whatever yeah oh okay. gosh okay um, let's get on to this quote um gene gets back to school phineas is, is still not at school because of his broken mm-hmm. leg and um Finney calls gene um just to sort of check up and after gene gene had gone to um to the the to phineas's house and they had their awkward conversation um Gene has decided that he doesn't want to play sports anymore because that reminds him too much of Phineas. And um, so he's going to be the assistant manager of the crew team or whatever. Um, And then Phineas... er, um, This is Gene. I thought the issue was settled until at the end Phineas said, Listen, pal, if I can't play sports, you're going to play them for me. And I lost part of myself to him then and a soaring sense of freedom revealed that this must have been my purpose from the first, to become a part of Phineas.
0: Huh. Yeah, I, that actually—that whole moment stood out to me, too. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Hearing the way that finny projects himself and his own feelings onto Jean and his own expectations onto Jean, but I, it's also always hard to tell with finny if he's being sincere or not. I mean, obviously he's somewhat sincere because he trains Jean, he... he but I also don't know how much of that is just them wanting him wanting them to have more time together. Um,
1: yeah. I think I think that, that Phineas at his heart is sincere um, most of the time at least. You know, like Jean does say, like, they're both teenage boys. They were both sarcastic. But I think that Phineas is overall sincere. Um... I mean, the denial stuff gets a little bit murky, but I think that when he's talking about, like, his feelings, he's he's generally sincere. Um,
0: you know, isn't there... Gosh. There's a line in this book that I can't remember right now about grief, right? Where, Where he says something about how you don't grieve for when somebody who's a part of you dies. And this this reminds me of that because, uh, because because he says that my purpose was to become part of Phineas and the idea that th- then yeah. that other line being a reference to Phineas being a part of him. How they, I mean, they lived together and they were best friends, but they became a part of each other through that choice. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know where that line is. Jeez. Um, I don't know, but... Um-
1: i mean if you're i mean if you're this far i'm sure you've read the book but um at the end when phineas falls the second time and and he you know um gene learns about phineas's fate of his death he says i did not cry then or ever about phineas Finny i did not cry even when i um Oh, I guess this is probably it. when I stood watching him being lowered into his family's straight laced, uh, burial ground outside of Boston. I could not escape a feeling that this was my own funeral, and you do not cry in that okay, case. Okay, that's
0: it. That's the one.
1: Um, also, <laughs> on I, on my annotations from freshman year, I underlined "straight laced" and wrote "formal." Um, <laughs> we were having now. The only thing, <laughs> the only thing I can think about now is, of course, the
0: other meaning of straight but we were having so Um. many profound amazing realizations in our freshman year annotations including brilliant things like me circling words i didn't know the meaning of and literally just writing the definition of words that were already written for example circling the word celebrate and then writing celebration next to it We nice. just. <laughs> i mean we we were learning we i mean that's the whole point right we learned a lot from the exercise mm. of having yeah. to do this but geez we don't give enough credit to that good job for teaching us that teachers that did that that's amazing but yeah this this is a really sad moment and yeah. I think there's something about their bond there, just how much they meant to each other, but how little they admitted that. Or th- like, for example, again, I know we already talked about this, but that scene on the beach when, when Phineas admits his, doesn't admit his feelings or whatever, but he just states, he says these are the best, right? Pal. States him as best pal, and he's, and
1: then Gene, Gene doesn't feel like he can even say you're my no, best, no, but, friend. but yeah. he
0: says I should have told him then. Um, gene says i should yeah. have told him then that he was my best friend um and i i started to i nearly did but something held me back but the the whole thing of gene i mean there's regret right saying i can't even just saying you don't grieve that that way when you don't cry it's like you can't even let that out he can't even let those emotions surface yeah. because it's so intense for him he doesn't know how to process that yeah hmm
1: huh. yeah i think i don't know i feel like this i have mixed feelings over this like not crying mm-hmm. um because on one hand like he did lose his best friend um and like that is very sad but also i think finney in this book is it like his character is used as like this metaphor of innocence and while you lose a best friend in one moment, um, well, in this case, you lose a best friend in one moment because he died, um, you don't necessarily lose your innocence in a moment. You know? Right. Well it's, well, it's more of a process. Yeah, it depends and you, on- It's harder to grieve things that are processes. Yeah, it, it, it depends on your definition right. of innocence. It's kind of a construct. Your specific <laughs> circumstances yeah but yeah i mean but um, i think like your childhood fades out i think more than like well like if if we view this as an
0: as a coming of age adolescent situation then yes um but also sorry mads just texted me that she might be able to get me a recording Okay, well, we probably have a good 30 minutes because this has taken a while. <laughs> um, that was off topic. I don't know what I was talking about. It doesn't matter. This. <laughs> um, then, I mean, the other thing about
1: this, like, not crying is obviously, like, this toxic masculinity, don't show your emotions, that I think gets absolutely cemented in this moment where phineas who is like this example of how you can feel your own emotions mm-hmm. um and be vulnerable is now gone and Jean's like well i mean guess that's it for me too um and he's like yep can't cry anymore yeah i think
0: um, i think so. is i think it's also i mean there's a lot there with like the toxic masculinity and and repressing repressing emotions but it's also sad and interesting at the same time to think about how many people that gene knows that he will lose that that young Mm -hmm. gene knows that he will lose in the coming years and how older gene that's reflecting on that what what is his perspective like and how is that different um because Mm. we don't We don't get to see that, and that's fine. We get this snapshot of what this moment is like for him, but we don't know what that was like for him and the way that maybe he became numbed to grieving itself when he's going through the war, where so many people his age are Mm -hmm. being lost to the war.
1: I mean, we don't even know, like, the fate of the other boys that also enlisted with Gene. Like, we don't know. Did Brinker die in the war? What about Chet Douglas? I mean, Leper probably didn't die in the war, but I'm sure he wasn't exactly having a great time of it, um, considering that he didn't make it through um, the basic training in Sound Mind and Body. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, like, so many people are have been forever changed by this war and like I don't know um, back into the linear story um Finney is not at Devon currently and the war is more present there um, Gene and some of his other uh, classmates including Brinker but not Leper, Leper is going skiing at this point um uh they they are shoveling snow for a uh, train um because they're in New Hampshire and it's really snowy and the trains need to go um,
0: New Hampshire and they're in New Hampshire yeah. they're in New okay. Hampshire I don't remember
1: yeah <laughs> um anyway uh New England it's snowy uh they're shoveling snow for, so the train can go and the train happens to have um a lot of uh soldiers on mm-hmm. it and so they feel that the war is definitely more present now during this, like, fall-winter uh session yeah. at the school rather than the summer session where it was sort of, like, in the background mm-hmm. still. Um, Brinker, having seen these soldiers who are not very much older than them, says, we need to think about enlisting. And Gene um, is sort of mulling this idea mm-hmm. over. Um and he says, "The war would be deadly, all right, but I was used to finding something deadly in things that attracted me. There was always something deadly lurking in anything I wanted, anything I loved, and if it wasn't there, as for example with Phineas, then I put it there myself."
0: Yeah, that's. Um. <laughs> oh, gee. So there's a lot to oh, unpack Jean. here. Um, you you are. A very messy, young, gay. This is... (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, let's look at the words
1: attracted. Okay. The words deadly. The word loved. And this idea of putting it there myself. Um, Jean is, like, sort of taking... I guess... Um... It's like taking the the blame for these actions. I guess I didn't really want the word blame. He's like, blaming
0: himself. He's, I guess,
1: accountability is almost what I wanted mm. to say. Um, I also, I also wanted, um, attracted, wanted, loved, like, yeah.
0: But I, the thing that I find so striking <sighs> in that, yeah. I mean, obviously, this is my background reading showing my i've got my own biases here but mm-hmm. the the way, okay. that, the <laughs> way there. that he says that that if it's not there he finds it it's the idea that when you go looking for something you find it right like if i wanted to find reasons to be angry with you for instance i could probably do that if i looked really hard for them but they aren't they aren't just like there you know and yeah and he's saying that he's attracted to these dangerous things which okay gene whatever but it's interesting that he says that phineas he almost implies that phineas doesn't have those on its own he has to seek them out um because he's Mm -hmm. attracted to him
1: yeah i think also like because you know they are both boys um, which you know is very cliche. Like this attraction, uh, sort of like has this sort of dangerous tint to it because, um, like, there were laws against that kind of relationship in the United States at the time, both when the book was written and when it takes yeah, place. Yeah,
2: it's 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 um, not.
1: I looked it up in New Hampshire; they could be um tried and they could get 20 years yeah. in jail it's it's um, it's not just
0: it, so. it's not it's it's dangerous because it's so forbidden and so unaccepted and so mm-hmm. um i don't know sinister to society and yeah i i think it's it's interesting i wonder how i feel so much for Jean sometimes i just wonder how maybe he feels that he deserves that kind of interaction that he said it's like he seeks Mm -hmm. out what is dangerous because yes there's this like morbid fascination right like seeking out the the unsafe but it's interesting too because he puts himself down so much and when he spends a lot of time with brinker and he starts getting these ideas of enlisting it's almost like he's kind of letting go to say i deserve that kind of fate yeah um when none of these like, young I deserve men deserve the
1: that. punishment
0: right, and none- but none of these people yeah. deserve that they they're they're children Mm-mm. they don't deserve to experience that um yeah, I don't know that also just to, yeah,
1: <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it's an interesting like complication of if we put this attraction, this want this love onto Phineas, like and also this desire for danger for deadliness um like what does that say about like the the truth of gene's feelings like are they so influenced by this and corrupted by this like desire for danger for like going against you know, rebelling in whatever way Gene feels he can, mm-hmm. which is very limited, because he is, you know, the conformity is, like, calling to him. um, Or, like, yeah, you know, like, what what's, you know, I guess it's kind of a chicken and egg situation. Yeah. Like,
0: I, I I wanted to just say, because it's in my mind, but and I know it's off topic, but I miss English class. <laughs> like, I know that's silly a little bit, because I also dreaded, like, if I got bored or didn't feel engaged, it would be very hard to sit through English class. But I I just miss critically reading something that, not that I think, auth- I think authors do intend to have their work read critically. I also just think that sometimes interrogating text like this or lyrics like this can be so it can it can sometimes overlook the general feelings or point of what maybe the author wanted you to come away f- with it from it. But I do I just I miss this kind of discussion and I really appreciate having this discussion with you. I also just think just reflecting on this book specifically is very special because it's not it's not that I love <laughs> this book, um, but this book is. Th- one of the it holds
1: a it holds a special time and place in my life yeah um that i think i romanticize a lot yeah um, i do too because like i mean like the reality of it was that like at this point in time when we were reading this book i was not very close friends with you or Or the other people in that class who be i became close friends with um Mm -hmm. and i did i did sort of feel like that the outsider in 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 many ways um not to say that you made me feel like an outsider of course
0: right Um, we hadn't even started uh, right we we hadn't even started our secret society
1: right yeah that was that was um that was uh, (laughs) a second semester sorry (laughs) but yeah that's yeah, still your contact I
0: mean, photo by the way
1: oh i i don't do contact oh photo, i see so you're just your initials i
0: <laughs> i um i it's interesting to hear you say that because i guess i i see that and i also remember feeling the same way i didn't feel that i was yeah. outside of some group with you we were all gene i I feel like i was outside of some group with (laughs) you but i definitely had not at all settled into the relationships that i now have with these people from that class um and we weren't close uh we hadn't even come up with this podcast idea um
1: that was no that that was was years years later and
0: i just i i don't know it's it's cool to revisit this time that the book brings me to but also like just the gratitude i have for being taught critical analysis of text i mean we're making a whole podcast out of that (laughs) some most (laughs) of the time in a joking way but it it does originate from like an actual skill set that we got to learn and while i don't always think that we should Mm -hmm. interrogate art and text in that way there is also a time to do so like i don't think we always need to pay attention to every single word in the sentence but i do think that it can be quite fun to do that when you want to and now we know mm. how to because of this book largely yeah. so that's pretty cool
1: yeah this book man <sighs> uh, it's getting okay. so late <laughs> how is. much more should we talk about we're moving into late night potting Um. well we just have two more quotes that we wanted to bring up unless you have anything any other like fun little moments like I moments. feel like we
0: should probably um, get through the quotes so we can just kind of talk about our general I mean we might not even have to really talk about our general takeaways we're kind of putting those in in between but yeah. we do have some clips that we'd like to share um from other people um so yeah, yeah. and I haven't listened to the one that we did you get that I yeah
1: no, I haven't even oh, gotten I, it.
0: I, I texted it to you.
1: Oh, maybe I just did, the notification didn't go up on my phone because of FaceTime. But yeah, we're,
0: we're just... We, we just got another clip sent to us that we're going to react to. <laughs> Yay. So, why don't you just um, read the, the two quotes that you... Yes. Yeah.
1: So, the first of these quotes, um, they have sort of had their... most of their semester... And Brinker is on this idea that the the senior class, their class, needs to figure out what happened on the tree that caused Phineas to um to
2: fall. Yeah.
1: Fall and break his leg. Yes, I'm podcasting um, because Okay. <laughs> he um
0: Am I talking too loud? Yes. Okay. Um what am I sp- okay? Uh, I don't know. One second, let me write this down. <laughs> okay, I'll try and be more quiet. My mom just knocked and told me that I was talking too loud.
1: ASMR.
0: <laughs> okay, I'll talk quieter. One second, let okay. me just... Um, Sorry to interrupt you, I just wanted to let you know that the audio quality might change a little because apparently I've been talking too loud, so now I'm going to be, like, kind of whispering. We're kind of recording this later in the night than we usually do, so... Sorry.
1: It's uh, 11.30, but this is the timeless voice, <laughs> so I should be not doing okay. do that. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, okay. Uh, continuing. So, Brinker is uh staging this like whole show, they go into this auditorium, Finny and Gene are brought in. It's it's like a trial. They have like a jury of like other people from their class. It it's all very strange.
0: Yeah. It's it's uncomfortable um, for everyone.
1: It's very uncomfortable. Especially Gene
0: and Finney. For them. It's especially uncomfortable yeah. for them.
1: Um and then they bring Leper in who, uh, as we have sort of alluded to, but haven't addressed directly, um, was traumatized by the war training that he went to. Um, and Leper is sort of um, like, I mean, he, he witnessed the double jump. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like he saw their silhouettes. He didn't like see their faces so much. Um, because the the sun was going down at the moment but um, anyway he says like it looked like uh, the the figure that was Jean sort of bounced or you know jiggled the branch uh, moved the branch and then uh, Phineas Hmm. fell and um, Phineas is uh, you know distraught about this fact because he had also just learned that there's no way that he can sort of do his duty and serve in the war due to his Uh leg injury Um, and then he learns from Leper and Brinker in this very stressful situation that potentially his best friend, the person he thinks of is the closest to him, the person he you know um, feels the most strongly Uh about is potentially the perpetrator of his like his feeling of helplessness, yeah. um, and so then this is the this is the quote. The excellent exterior acoustics recorded his rushing steps and the quick rapping of his cane along the corridor, and on the first steps of the marble stairway. Then these separate sounds collided into the general tumult of his body falling clumsily down the white marble stairs um which i mean the the uh like actual sounds of that are quite yeah. nice i think but um it doesn't really tell us much i don't know i think it's it's mostly just like what happened yeah. um, it's it's but it's yeah and he
0: dies not just because of the fall but the operation that they're trying mm-hmm. to do on his yes. leg after the he-
1: the operation um goes wrong um gene like angsts about it because he thinks that he's at fault again for Finney running and then tripping on the stairs. Yeah. Um, uh, and and so then much the gene. doctor ultimately yeah, the doctor ul- ultimately says that something in the operation to reset his bone knocked out like some of the marrow of his bone and then like basically it it like went into his heart and stopped his heart. Yeah, I don't know
0: how accurate um, that is, but it's uh <laughs> It's an interesting. Yeah, image. like I
1: don't, I don't know the medical accuracy, but like this idea of himself harming and killing himself is is very potent. Yeah,
0: like part of like like um, that that he died from a part of himself. That's yeah. Yes, I mean, but isn't exactly. Gene from isn't his
1: body turning? Isn't on Gene himself? a part of himself? Yeah, and then there's that. It gets it gets <laughs> <laughs> muddy there. But we also don't we also don't know if Phineas thought of Gene as a part of himself in the way that Gene thought of Phineas
0: as a part of himself. Yeah, but I also kind of feel um, like I feel like maybe I don't know. We don't know what you yeah, We like, honestly have no idea what Phineas I feel like
1: Yeah, I feel like Gene's guilt is going to like sort of um like personify that and like make that be, like, the truth of it, um, in his mind, because, again, like, I don't think that Gene is, like, at all at fault for, um, what happened in the, in the auditorium there, because it was Brinker that brought them in, it was, um, I mean, it was Finney that said lepers on campus, Uh like, he was there. I think it's the the other random guy who brings leper in it's leper who says this stuff it's finney who believes what leper says
0: you um, know
1: i th- i mean not that gene is completely innocent because he's right. he's there too and he he was on the branch but, with but i think with uh finney I, I but think I, think, the, I think i don't know it's, i feel like it's the process of the, the trial it's more the of process is here.
0: a really the, the, the trial is a really damaging experience um for everyone first for gene uh and what he ends up emotionally feeling as he's reflecting but it's interesting to like read this now as you were saying like we thought about oh was it was it intentional was it not intentional the jouncing or whatever um so much at the time and i do i know that the reason we did that is because we're getting genes genes perspective and that's what he's worrying about all the time was it intentional was it not intentional Mm -hmm. did i do that on purpose should i feel guilty about this you know um and and now it just now it just doesn't matter to me whether or not it was intentional it's more about mm-hmm. how much i mean i already said this but it just it yeah. doesn't matter as much how much whether or not it was intentional whether there was intention behind it as much as it matters how both of them responded to the situation
1: yeah it's the it's the outcomes that that are it's what matters i mean it's it's like the same thing as like when you say something mm-hmm. that you don't mean to be offensive, but somebody, like, whether that's out of ignorance, or whether it's about just, like, you know, ignorance and the fact of, like, not understanding what the other person's gonna feel, or ignorance in the fact of understanding not understanding the, si- the broader yeah. situation. Um, like, if that action does make people feel bad, like, you still gotta own up to it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know?
0: So, Why don't we read the last line of the book?
1: Yeah, the last line of the book. Um, All of them, all except Phineas, constructed at infinite cost to themselves these Maginot lines against the enemy they never thought they saw across the frontier. This enemy who never attacked that way, if he ever attacked at all. If he was indeed the enemy.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's just what we were talking about.
1: Yeah. It's like... I think if if we read this as a war book this is saying like war is so much more messy mm-hmm. than um like person A fights person B like bad guys and good guys and I think that was one of the things that did stand out to me more upon a second reading of this book um is like this anti-war type of narrative yeah. um while also having so many characters that are glorifying the idea yeah. of war, and Jean ultimately fighting in the war and choosing to—that's interesting be in the too. War. Yeah,
0: the the way that they, um, that those both are part of this um, at the same time.
1: Yeah, and I kind of i I also kind of wonder if this had if this book had been written like ten years later, when the Vietnam War was going on and the um, anti war movement was at mm-hmm. its height, like what it would like if it would be a different book like yeah if gene and finney would be more like passionately anti-war or if it would be the same book
0: yeah
1: because um, obviously 1959 is like after the korean war before the vietnam war like the cold war is going on
0: do you think um, so it's or do you think that yeah do you do you read this as a war novel though because i focus so much more on the interpersonal relationships i mean pr- project how they project outward and onto the scope of the world. I think about that too, mm-hmm. but I really do mostly view it now, at least through that coming of age yeah. lens.
1: I think like the way that I want to read it is as a coming of age novel, but I can also see it as a yeah. war novel. Um, I think, I think I could both. not see it as
0: a war novel um, in 2015.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know 2015 me was like i mean i just didn't like i don't care about the war aspect that much now but i think i appreciate it and i see it more than i did in twenty nineteen, yeah. where i was i was really focused on like the the small interactions within the book rather than larger scope
0: okay are you ready to listen to some clips
1: yes let's do it okay, okay.
0: let me just write this down um uh one second close listen and edit oh gosh this episode is going to be the most work we've put into this podcast in the last like (laughs) our entire years yeah okay Okay, so now we're going to now that we've kind of taken a bigger look at the whole text we're going to listen to some clips that were sent in from two of our friends. Um, they also read this book in school with us, and we're just going to listen to what they have to say about it. thought it could be an interesting thing to, yep. to bring some, some other voices into the conversation.
2: Hey, Claire and Elliot. Uh, this is Carson, they, them pronounce please, and I'm a friend of Elliot's. Um, I'm also a year younger, so sadly we did not get to experience the homoerotic masterpiece that is a separate piece together. Um, but my contribution is that, as a freshman, I related to a separate piece on, like, a spiritual level. Like besides the fact that Jean and Finny, or at least Jean, come on, were not heterosexuals, I really related to the way that Jean idolized Finny. like. I have dark hair, I'm an introvert, and I was pretty socially awkward at that point in my life. And I also had a huge crush on my friend who was blonde, extroverted, athletic, and like a really talented and likable person all around. So I saw a lot of myself in Jean, like that mix of admiration and jealousy of someone who seemed to make life so effortless. Like that was probably not particularly healthy, but thankfully I have moved past it. Anyway, in conclusion, that is how I know beyond the textual evidence that Jean was gay for Finney. Like we were experiencing the exact same emotions, but I was able to call it attraction. Thanks for having me on your podcast.
0: Thanks for thanks for sharing that, Carson.
2: Yes, thanks, Carson. I
0: I like that. Yeah. It's so it's like so yeah. simple and and like L- less thinking about it too much like we have been doing for the last two hours um
1: yeah it's like it's like Carson was able to feel their feelings about the yeah. book instead of just like overanalyzing all of them so in this situation actually Carson I think you're Finny and we are Gene <laughs> overanalyzing A and just bit. like nitpicking yeah. or, but like without the weird homoerotic undertones. Yeah, hopefully. Um,
0: I think I think it's really it's it's really a nice reminder of the way that we connect to art or reading a, a text in the in the most essential sense, a sense that I often like the basic way of just feeling connected, enjoying it, relating to it. This is something I personally struggle with because I tend to be a gene about life. Like when I see a movie, mm-hmm. sometimes I look up the plot before I finish watching the movie because I don't want to be surprised. I want to analyze the lighting, you know, like or like the directing choices or the acting. And so I, I definitely appreciate this kind of that more general, I just connected with this because it I did. And it reflected mm-hmm. who I am or what I was going through. That's just, I don't know. That's just nice.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think I think also for me now, like, hearing how Carson, like, connected to this book so much. I think part of the reason why I didn't like it so much when... When I was a freshman, like I, I mean, it, you know, I liked the sort of culture around it. Like that was fun. Yeah, we had like a but fandom like, in
0: our English is, class, a little, a mini yeah. fandom.
1: <laughs> the, <laughs> the actual book itself, like, there were so many ways that I couldn't connect mm-hmm. to it. Um. Yeah, and I think, like, you know, in so many ways, like that, that is not my experience. uh yeah. um, I. I. And so I yeah, was like, I think eh. there
0: were ways that I could connect to it that are more similar to how Carson was describing in terms of just, or just what we talked about, about just being generally confused about your feelings all the time and confused about your what your mm-hmm. emotions are towards somebody, what that attraction is, if that is attraction, whether or not that attraction is a certain kind of attraction, like it's 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 such a complicated thing and i and like the whole identity just the whole coming of age vibe the whole adolescent angst vibe i mean i i definitely connect to that but i did not at all connect to the setting especially because i hadn't really been established in the schooling environment we were in yet so it definitely mm-hmm. you know it was like one of the first i feel like it was not one of the first things we analyzed but it was an early thing we analyzed so
1: yeah we we hadn't really like read closely any longer works at this point it had been like short stories i think maybe some poems well no poetry was was later um but it was mostly short stories up to this point i
0: know that this was pre-hamilton phase because my book doesn't have hamilton references written all over it unlike my copy of the odyssey which has hamilton references like written all over it All. (laughs) so yeah
1: it's the story structure i mean the hero narrative
0: yeah um, that, thanks for sharing carson
1: yes thank you that was wonderful. the
0: the next one um, we're going to listen to is a uh, our friend mads who has been on the podcast and we probably talk about a little bit too much
1: <laughs> to be fair i i imagine mads will say this but mads was in our english class went through a separate piece yeah. with us i think you said mads was the one who introduced you to the idea of the 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 queer yeah. reading of this. We didn't even
0: talk about that as much as I thought we would.
1: I mean, there's just so much <laughs> no. here. Okay. I,
0: okay. I wonder what I wonder um, what Matt is gonna say. I have I did not listen to this one. Could you I will mute myself, um, yeah. Mute yourself here we go. for
1: you.
3: A separate piece was the book through which I learned how to annotate. Um, I just got out my copy again, and my the, the pages are just full of very diligent notes from 14-year-old me in black pen, very formal, like, stuff like symbol, irony, um, every other word is circled or underlined. I really, really um, worked my way very deeply through this book, reading it the first time. Um, and I remember actually, a few years later, I actually reread it over winter break uh no pen in hand just kind of to enjoy it and I just remember being really touched um that it is it is a story about friendship and um it's pretty heartbreaking um and it's been a while since I read it um definitely a few years so I don't know if I don't know what I would think about it this time around I don't know how I'd find the story I don't know if that feeling that I remember um it was just kind of like love for it, you know, nostalgia because of like how it first came into my life. Um And then also what it's about. I don't know if that would endure, but definitely what does endure about this book for me is kind of the fact that it was the place where I really learned how to pay attention to stories. Um And I'm very grateful for that. And it is it is so fun seeing what little me um, thought about this book. And I'm very glad to have had um that experience to have really learned how to how to give um stories their due um yeah love love this book love this pod glad you guys are doing this episode excited to listen to it i'm excited to hear your guys' thoughts on it um yeah (laughs) thanks thanks for having me on the pod
0: okay
2: okay excited
0: to hear your thoughts i see we sure have some that was
1: cute i think i think part of what is so great about hearing from mads for me on that is that like
0: we did not prompt her because we
1: were (laughs) yeah because we were in the same english class like She's one of the people, along with you, who I share the most direct experiences yeah. about a separate piece with. Especially since, at that point in time, the three of us had five classes together—like <laughs> five out of seven
2: classes.
1: Like, I think you might have even had another one with Mads, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure.
0: Maybe I don't know. Um, I Mads was in most of my classes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like we were. We had most. Oh of wait, our classes was Mads in together. my Spanish class? Yeah yeah that's yep. what i was wondering about <laughs> yes okay so six for you five for me like we just like by virtue of being in the same classes we spent a lot of time together and this book was so like all consuming in our lives almost i mean almost honestly in the way the war was for 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 gene and Finny. I mean-
0: i don't think that they were having like war fandom but yeah (laughs) no it's it i mean but
1: like a little bit
0: i don't mean fandom like this expansive community but i kind of do mean this like little community because we definitely did form a a mythology and ideas for ourselves around this at the time and that was really special for some reason Mm -hmm. like i don't I don't know, like the affection we had for that class environment and also just the way we were able to suddenly interrogate the work we were in like taking in uh, in a way we'd never really had the words to do before. Like, it's really sweet to hear Mads talk about that, because obviously it's a it's a very gene. (laughs) It's it's the gene reflecting on past gene thing. And and,
1: (laughs) it it kind (laughs) of
0: is. And like and, and and Mads like even talking about how she did try to read it again for for fun and and that she was able to and that she enjoyed it oh, declaring her love for the book at the end something I don't know that I'll do um, but i i think <laughs> i think it's a, it's just really sweet to hear that and to to remember that this that this is not a that this experience extended beyond us and to other people yeah. which we already mentioned but just like we didn't prompt her to say that stuff she just reflected no. on it the same way as us
1: like our our prompt was
0: record yourself. Like,
1: introduce introduce yourself. <laughs> which she you didn't do. Which Mads did not do. <laughs> Good thing we did it for her and like predicted what she was gonna say, um, and then say like either a memory or an analysis of the book that that you just like want to share, um, or like that you weren't able to share freshman year um, when we read this um and i don't know it just like this this book the way everybody read it it just like made such a community
2: yeah
1: um, it's
0: like digital literacy I think that's
1: a, <laughs> yeah except somehow less painful yeah <laughs>
0: it's like you know you're brought together I, by something I, that you I, don't want at the time but you probably will yeah. need to you know how to use adobe from your pro in the next year so uh.
1: i think it, it's such an interesting idea because like um like my sister also well she's currently at um our old high school and she also read a separate piece but um like my point here was not to say she read a separate piece and that changed her life um, but it it was it, it like she bonded with one of her friends over hating spanish class mm. um like her her like best friend now like they bonded over hating spanish class freshman year and like i don't know i just like our whole class was able to like sort of create this connection through this book Um, yeah
0: i think i think this is what our english teachers would like to hear um i mean not not that this isn't genuine this is genuine but i also know for a fact there are people in that class that still think oh that book was terrible like and that still think that that you know they're not grateful for that experience um yeah but yeah
1: but then again our english teachers like, sorry if you're listening, but you probably wouldn't like to hear that we bonded over how gay the book was.
0: I mean, maybe like, not. I don't know. We don't know what they were thinking, but we know that well, we weren't encouraged to pursue that sort of in our in, in class. class. And I yeah. and I understand why to an extent, but I yeah. also kind of don't would, would, at the same time. Yeah, because I it definitely it's had like, other English teachers that were more open to that kind of conversation. Yeah.
1: I think, like, you have to sort of walk a line of, like, going with student interest and also, like, making sure that you hit all the points that you need to hit as, like... Yeah, of course. Having us learn to analyze, um, which we have all said was, like, something that was so important about this book. Um, And, like, the reason we're doing this episode is because we did learn to analyze with this book. Yeah, and and it's Um, also
0: important for some people in their own personal journey around identity and like v- seeing a complicated friendship that it, that probably has some queerness in it i mean y- we both know that our all-girls school was not exactly the most heterosexual environment <laughs> and that's and that's yeah. great <laughs> but it's also i imagine that having this something like that to explore not necessarily because it's like new or something but just like getting to be able to have that reading if you want to explore that reading Mm -hmm. in in a text in your english class i mean that's cool i think it would be cool if they had explicitly queer texts in english class but it's also well i mean but it's also the color
1: purple it's also a
0: cool thing to have that subtext to explore with your new academic skills that you just gained um so yeah yeah
1: i mean here's the thing do i think that a separate piece should be in every curriculum no no absolutely absolutely (laughs) not but i think there is something to be said for like maybe not for every school because a lot of schools are a lot bigger than ours our school is small um our school has Mm -mm the um like like the fact that people are coming from so many different middle schools and different experiences that i think that having this one book that everybody reads basically at the same time and together was just such like an important experience i don't think it had to be this book but i think that like having something that people can gather around and like connect about is just so important and it was um you know like i think that is an important thing but i think that we have to be critical about like what books we are choosing to give that Mm -hmm. spot to um and it's it's like hard because there's so many good books and you want people to have different experiences and stuff but there is something also to be said about Having that one shared experience, so
0: the the shared experience, just like the whole the whole year, the fact that we all learn the same curriculum, but it's taught by different teachers and stuff. I think, I think for the, I did not bond to the materials that we explored in English class nearly as much as I, for all my time, my limited time in high school, because I was not there for the whole time. But I bonded so much to the to the stuff that we read. In the first year of high school, and in this first half of the second year of high school, I don't remember as much from the the end of that, um, and I don't know why. But that earlier stuff and the 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 fun that we were allowed to have outside of class as friends that had that together um around mm-hmm. around a separate piece and around the odyssey and around i mean we've talked about it before um and around and around um the various yeah and the various shakespeare we read and all this like it it was such a cool thing and and as you said like we talked about this a little before we started which was you know a while ago we've been potting for a while but just that mm-hmm. <laughs> as a, as a, just a, as a, as a note, um. If it doesn't really matter that much what we're bonding around, if it's if it's not, you know, if there's no one answer for it, then I think that we probably have more room to have more curriculum that isn't written by white guys. Um, yeah, and that's that's especially something when that- you're
1: when you're going. This is one of the things that irked me about about a separate piece being the thing that we bonded around. When you choose to go to this like like feminine centered environment. And an environment where the feminine is uplifted in a way that it isn't in a lot of other, like, aspects of life, of public life. Uh Um, And then The Thing You Bond Over is a book where there are, like, two female characters who have words and they're both only mentioned as how they relate to men like i don't even
0: know who the, you're talking the head, about
1: <laughs> the headmaster's wife and leper's mom like oh. that's all we see and then th- then there's that one girl that's like the bell of the town and everybody you know thinks that she's so great and they like steal a lock of her hair and like that's that's all we get for like female representation and like why is that what we're bonding over yeah. um, i mean we, we but get to at, explore more you
0: know, of that in, in later stages of High school, yeah. but I definitely agree that the fact that that's like the the one of the first things that's so essential is kind of it's kind of frustrating.
1: Yeah, um, and they actually changed the curriculum, mm. but so they took out a separate piece. But different freshman English teachers are teaching different books in its
0: place. Oh,
1: and like, well, then you can't
0: unite over
1: it. Yeah, I know it's great that they thought we should. You know, uplift more diverse voices. You know, more female authors and like something a little bit more modern. I don't, I don't know exactly what they replaced it with, but like the fact that now there isn't this central, you know, core book to to bond over. Like,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think we should probably wrap up. Yeah. I know I sound very I think- calm, but it's really just because I, I have a lot of enthusiasm. Believe me, it's just late ish, and my uh, rest of the people in my house would be quite upset. Have been quite upset by the volume I was <laughs> enthusiastically talking. So, yeah, I'll just I'll just keep it. Uh, I'm sure you can hear the enthusiasm in my voice. But
1: for so
3: this was such a good
0: episode. Uh, it was so fun um yeah and and, I, and i'm glad we're giving ourshel- ourselves the chance to just do this once but we, we are not gonna do this again mm-hmm. yeah um,
1: not in this podcast anyway
0: <laughs> okay um okay I'll, I'll 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 yeah so today we took a look back and bleh, oh gosh i'm reading this for the first time okay today we got what <laughs> there's a typo <laughs> Yeah, yeah Okay. okay. Um,
1: that was because i did not fine. fully today, delete it's
0: okay today we took a look at the book a separate piece and decided yes it's gay but it's also just a really it's a complicated it's you you heard <laughs> i don't know what yeah, to say
1: it's complicated it's <laughs> but it's meaningful book, it's, it's everything right <laughs> and it's meaningful whether it, that's because you know it's i think that we read together or yeah, it's, it's a decent book <laughs> Decent. Uh, thank you to John Knowles for writing it, and to our freshman English hope, class for forcing gosh, us to read it can't back believe, in 2015.
0: Can't we just thanked John Knowles. Um, <laughs> this podcast <laughs> was edited and produced by Claire and Elliot.
1: The opening and closing of music is by Elliot and I'm usually one who you interact with on social media. If you have any
0: questions, or you would like it to suggest a song for us to analyze in the future then you can find us on twitter and instagram at litlpod or email us at pod at gmail.com
1: also if you want to talk to us about a separate piece oh my gosh you can please, find us there as well please please do <laughs> or you know if you if you want to talk to us about a separate piece you probably have our phone numbers. Yeah, but actually don't contact me by my phone number right now because
0: You'll, you'll be in France
1: outside of the Thomas void I don't have that number okay <laughs> anyway thank you to all of our listeners for your support and enthusiasm especially to um, Mads and Carson for the clips that you sent in we hope you enjoyed this episode of the pod and that you join us next time to get Lost, lost in, the in the Lyrics
0: we will be lo- getting Lost in the Lyrics next time <laughs>
1: <laughs> have a dandy day
2: woohoo oh, wow <laughs>